It's Mr. Christopher. Welcome to Funkatopia Live. Normally on Friday nights, but tonight, 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 we're doing it on Thursday. I got places to be. Dwayne's got places to be. We've all got places to be. (laughs) (laughs) So it's an honor once again to have the mighty, mighty, I don't know how your wrist is not tired from all that typing and everything, the author (laughs) of Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions, Dwayne $2 in the house. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Excited that it's a, oh, it's, a, it's not a Friday night. Oh, it's not. It's not as good as I thought it was. Yeah, I know. Until now, I was so excited. <laughs> I'm all excited, though. I got dressed up for this thing. I don't know where the camera is, but uh, I'm all dressed up and ready for this <laughs> it's, show. It's on your laptop. It's on your laptop. <laughs> we're, watch, we're watching you from afar, which, which reminds oh. me, I, I think my camera is still on from, my, uh, from the early Facebook live sessions, so people have been just watching me. <laughs> watching the side of my head I well you know it's not when the Facebook live thing shuts down it for I have to use for some reason I don't know if this is just a Mac thing or if it's a, an all thing but when you try to do a Facebook lives thing you have to have a, some type of alternate external program that operates the camera for whatever reason that is and so I have this program called OBD or something like that and you have to start that and then when that's running then the light goes green and then I guess that activates the camera. Then when you start the you know the Facebook live everything's fine but then after you end the Facebook live if you don't remember to shut down OBD that green light's still on. I don't know who can see it or if somebody can like wow. oh. tap into it and watch me picking my nose. <laughs> I don't know what happens. <laughs> I don't know what happens. Oh That's my funny. gosh! So how you been? I, you've I, your book tour has got to be done by now, right? <laughs> well, I'm good. well. Here's the thing: I'm, I'm gearing up to do more things. I'm doing a book signing here in, in uh, Ventura on July 13th, um, and I'm probably going to be doing that's going to be a fun one because I'm going to be doing that with Peggy Mack, uh, who many of you may know was the engineer for most of 1999, Purple Rain, Around the World a Day. Um, she and Susan Rogers, she was basically the um, person in Los Angeles that was the engineer, and Susan Rogers was the one in Minneapolis. They, although Susan would come out here as well, but uh, Peggy is, uh, was uh, an engineer with Prince from 1981 to about 1985. And she's got a huge history, but she's been, I've been friends with her for 20-some odd years. She's one of the first people I interviewed for the book. And uh, we're going to be doing a, um, a little panel thing, which we've done in the past, and she's a great. She's great. Um, so we're doing a panel thing out in Ventura on the on Friday, July thirteenth. So I'll be posting more information about that soon. Yeah. Now, uh, from now, you can you can go ahead and make your make the special announcement because there's going to be some things that I'm going to be asking that have to do directly with that announcement about. A change is a coming with this book. Well, I, well, let's let's talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Because people we'll are wait. tuning in right now. I don't want to don't want to you know, tell everybody you know because if people are starting to tune in, I don't want to give it away. But uh, yeah, there's going to be some. In a little while, I'll be talking about something that uh, I've been working on very hard, uh, and I'm um, looking really excited about it. We got three hours to fill, so I don't, <laughs> I don't want to tell the punchline to the joke in the first minute. Um, it's it's going to be but, all good. Yeah, it's. Uh, but there's some. There's uh, been insanely busy working on some things, and and I got some really cool things coming up that I'm very excited about. But yeah. I'm happy to talk about any anything about this stuff. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, some of the things that I was 
you know, as after going through it and, and reading it and, and understanding all of those, um, uh, all the songs that included backmasking that have been recorded, like for instance, uh, Jill Jones reading the Romeo and Juliet uh, act. Sure. And um, a lot of people In don't know this. And for, for those of you who, who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, for the recording of uh, Des Dickerson's song, Modern Air, Prince had Jill Jones, was it Jill Jones? I think it was Jill Jones. Yes. Come yep. in and yep. read, I believe it was Act One, Scene One of Romeo and Juliet. And then he took that audio recording and backmasked it. So basically played it in reverse. I got dogs barking now. And played it in reverse. And uh, so it, and it's, it's, but I was thinking to myself, I, I have to hear this. I have to hear this for myself. So I actually took the, um, I took Modern Air and I put it into, um, what was that, to Audacity. And you can just highlight the whole file and then say reverse and it reverses it. So it's really, really cool. Right. Um, so, um, so um, basically, I, it's really, really, really light in the background, but <laughs> it's there. Well, it's there. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I was the same way. It's, it's scene two. It's act two, scene two. Um, oh, and he yeah. used that stuff. Actually, the funny thing is, he, he ended up using some of that stuff in during later with uh, Love Sexy during the tour intermission uh, um, thing during the live show. Um, but he must so he must have been very fond of that section. But yeah, he he had Jill Jones record it, layered it in backwards, and and put it in there because it's kind of hidden in the mix. And it's tricky because even just finding Modern Air is tough because it's not it hasn't really been released except for on the Des uh, uh, CD, his his uh, compilation CD. Um, but it's not really out there. But when you find it, that, see, one of the things to me about Prince is so fun is he does this kind of stuff. He'll hide things in there. And just so people understand what we're talking about is the book that we're talking about is a book I've written called Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions. And it covers all the stuff from 1983 and 1984, which is Purple Rain at the time, Apollonia 6, Jill Jones, uh, um, The Family, uh, songs for Sheena Easton, songs for The Bangles, things like that. So all this stuff is kind of covered and all the recording for... Um, Purple Rain, um, but this was for Des Dickerson, who was Prince's guitarist, who left after the 1999 tour, but was in Purple Rain, and the song that he's playing in there is Modern Air, and it just never really got out there. And But it's kind of fun, when you hear this kind of stuff in the background of that, or you hear Lisa saying certain things in, in other songs, or um, yeah. the layers of stuff he puts into his music it shows that he he has he's looking for a sound often looking for um just a feeling you know whether he plays something backwards and it's somebody crying or somebody's laughing and it sounds backwards like they're crying or things like that he just seems to go for a feeling he kind of goes for what's in the heart you know he'll find sound effects they had a sound effect library at the sunset sound which is where we recorded all this stuff and he would go in there and just listen to things like if you listen to the song tricky um they wanted he wanted birds and they said, Well, we don't want birds, but we do have seagulls. He's like, Perfect. Put a seagulls in there. Or um bodies falling downstairs or um that kind of stuff. He just would seek this stuff out to give it just a little bit of 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 something. Even if you listen um uh if I was your girlfriend at the beginning of that on Side of the Times, there was the the part about um you know, I forget what they said, but doing the shopping uh, over here, you'll find the bargains. That's a um, sound effect. That was from a sound effect record. 
Um, if you listen to Pop Life, there's the sound of uh, people fighting, and uh, there's somebody saying, throw the bomb out. That's a sound effect from a sound, from a sound effect library that had a sunset sound. So he was finding all these elements and putting them in there just kind of as a, I don't know if it was a goof, but just he thought this will be a fun way to mix it up a little bit. You know, I yeah. thought it was funny because we were, I, I was listening to, um, you know, I, I, I love all the Madhouse stuff. And, um, sure. and, uh, one of the things I was listening to, we were, um, what was it? Oh, th- I'm going to, this is really, really, really embarrassing. I've always seen, uh, large chunks of the Godfather. Always have. I've never, right? yeah, I've never watched that entire movie from front to back. I've always seen like ah. large, I don't know why. It's just one of those, I'm 50 years old and I've never watched watch The Godfather in its entirety. And I said, okay, I have to, I have to alleviate this travesty like now. <laughs> it has to be done. Right, right. And uh, so I actually, I sat down and started watching it. And I, and all those pieces that they put in the Madhouse albums were there. The bada bing, bada bing, all of you, you know. Bada bing, bada bing, I was all like suit, yeah. Oh yeah, all my gosh, there it is right there. I felt like an idiot, but you know. So, but and it, no, it's, it's got, Godfather's great, but he he really we really pulled a lot of stuff from Godfather for for the Madhouse album, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. It was all and, over. Well, then again, he also pulled Apollonia's name from from the Godfather movies. So yeah, he he liked those things. Yeah, and I did. Was, uh, was, uh, Michael Corleone's Michael Corleone's wife was named Apollonia in the movie, so that was uh, where he got that name from. And I started doing, uh, in your honor, I've actually started doing, uh, whenever I play the song Girl on the radio station, I also play the uh, the last two minutes, or actually the first two minutes, I guess, of, of it would be, of, um, no, it was the last last two minutes of the song, In Reverse, so that you can hear okay. all that backmasking that happens in Girl. For, like, a majority, like, if you play Girl in its entirety, in reverse, it sounds just as normal as it does being played forward. But what's interesting yep. about it is that all of, you know, all of Prince's, you know, you know, wines and everything, they all sound kind of the same, a little bit more sexual. And then you have, and then you have, uh, I guess, I guess that's Jill again, that's doing the lyrics to uh boy. Boy. Yes. Yeah. And so it's just, I, I think it's still, I don't, I have to look at that. I'm not sure. Cause it's in, that would be in the next book I would write. Uh, so I'm not sure who did that. It's probably Jill because Jill was there for a lot of the stuff. Um, I think that, um, she was one of these people. He had certain people that he kept in, um, in, um, close, close circle to him that he would bring in. Like he'd have a list that he would say, okay, bring in Jill for a while. And Jill would come in and do her stuff. And he'd say, okay, bring in Brenda for a while. And Brenda Bennett would come in and do her vocals. And he'd say, okay, bring in Sheila. And Sheila would come in and, and do something. And he, he made sure that none of these women ever saw each other. Not that he was worried about Brenda. Brenda was married, but he was, you know, he made sure that none of them was seeing each other when they would come in and out. He just had it. Uh, um, Jill had talked about that in the book, where she said, "Yeah, it was, you know, there was a, a bit of a, a wall, you know, between all these things." I thought this it's fascinating. This fascinating the empire he ran while he was still doing this stuff. And and when you think about most musicians who get that successful, that become that big, then they party for a while. They go on, you know, they have a month off and party. Prince did not like to do that. He was constantly recording. And even at the peak of his, his power, when Purple Rain came out, 
he still was in the studio working on the family album. He was in the studio working on the Apollonia 6 album. He was in the studio working on stuff for the next album. Before he, you know, he just, that's what he did. And one of the reasons I wrote this book is because if you're going to write a book about Prince, you kind of have to acknowledge where he spends 15, 16, 17 hours a day, which is in the studio. And that's why I wanted to make sure that I talked about almost exclusively what he did in the studio and how his life related to his music. You know, if he's happy, you could hear it in a happy song. Or if he's upset, you heard that. Or if he's falling in love, you heard that in a song. Because he was, he didn't do interviews, but he did do his uh, lyrics. And his lyrics would often be elements that would kind of hint to where he was. And when you're recording as fast as he would record, everything he did was sort of a snapshot of what it was like that day. If he's recording all the song in one day, sometimes two or three songs in a day, you kind of got what he was like at that mood, you know, at that time, at lunch that day. So um, that's why I think that it's important to listen to what he says to understand him a little bit more. Well, now you had hinted at something before. You had said, oh, well, that's going to be in the next book that I'll be writing. I said that. I said that. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> I, I have rec- I have recorded proof that you said that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what? Well, I'll, I'll, I will tell you. I will okay. tell you. Tell we're not going to talk about the. We're not going to um, talk about the big surprise. No, but, no, 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 no. I know. We're talking, as a reward, <laughs> as a reward for the people that are here right now and that haven't okay. and that didn't dilly dally, <laughs> they came when they were supposed to come. <laughs> so t- let's let's talk about because you had taken a little bit of a of a question a questionnaire you had said. Um, I think the last time you were on the show, you said, well, what do people want to hear? What do you want to know about next? And of course, you know, I threw in my, my, uh, my vote for the Black Album, and, but that actually is not, it's not encompassing of everything that was going on during that period. But so where do you yeah. think you're leaning towards as far as what okay, this well, next I, I'm, I'm more than just lean. I'm more than just leaning. I'll tell you that right now. Um, nice. I am drafting up a second book. Uh, so I am, I, I would love to do more of these. I'd love to do, you know, five or six of these. They take time. They take, you know, the first one took 20 years. I can't take 20 years doing a second book, but It'll probably be, you know, if I do do a second book, if I do finish this, it'll probably be another year and a half before it would come out, I would guess. Um, but the second book would be 1985, 1986, which the first book is, is literally January 1st, 1983 to December 31st, 1984. So the second book would be the very beginning of 1985 and go to the end of 1986, which would be, it covers, gosh, let me think of all the things it covers. Um, Sign of the Times, Raid, Crystal Ball, Dream Factory, Madhouse, The Flesh, Jill Jones' album, Parts of the Black album, Sheila's second and third albums, uh, The Parade Tour, Under the Cherry Moon Movie, uh, The Breakup of the Revolution, The Breakup of the Family, a ton of unreleased stuff, and um, also the end of the, and once the revolution is broken up, it's him not sure what to do because he then submits uh, Crystal Ball and Dream Factory to Warner Brothers, and they say no. So he's, he goes, the end of the first book is he's on the highest note of his life. You know, he's at the peak of his powers on the Purple Rain Tour. And the second book is the end of the Purple Rain Tour and just around the world today and just trying to figure out where to go to top it and how he does it and if he can. So that's, that's all. Here's the, here's the nutty thing. The first book I wrote, 
started with about 220 sessions over the course of a year, which are two years, which is about a little under every other day a session. Um, the and it added them once I got some more in there. It ended up being about 240, 250 sessions once I was done. The second book starts at 260 sessions. Uh, and so it'll go beyond that. So it's probably going to end up being 280, 290 sessions in the, in the second book. So that's, you know, the first book is 500 pages. I'm hoping that I can do it, you know, around that. Because you don't want to, you don't want to have a book that's 800 pages, you know, of stuff. So yeah. I've just got to figure, well, maybe, maybe you do. Um, but I've got to figure out, I guess, there's a great story in this. It's a really compelling story because it's the story of a guy who got everything and then had to figure out what he was going to do with his life, how to top it as an artist. And, um, and the, the background backstory to the breakup of the biggest band he ever had, you know? So it's, a uh, it's a pretty compelling story. And, and it ends up with him, um, at the very end of the book, the second book would be him sitting in the studio alone recording Wally. And and his heartbreaking uh, story about recording that on the last days of of, of nineteen ninety six. So it's got a lot to it. But I'm just starting to draft it up right now because I've been doing other things. So yeah. Well, I know. But if that's what you want to read, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's something else like something you'd want oh, or not. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, Black was Black Album in the the Black Album's the recording of that was in the, in that mix for sure. Some of it, yeah. There's uh, there's certain songs that were recorded in '86, and then there was uh, the rest of it was recorded in '87. Yeah, so but you got a good chunk of it that was recorded. Yeah, so it's going to touch on I'll touch on a lot of those things. And one of the things that I, I find interesting is that you know you were talking about earlier how you know Prince would keep the individual women out of the picture, um, or or yeah. you know separated away from each other, and and it really kind of it, I think there's a really interesting pattern there. Um, and that pattern is that he really did not want anybody to see, it's like no, nobody saw him the exact same way. And, uh, it's, it, it's kind of, it was really interesting. It's like, everybody has a different type, you know, of course, everybody says, oh, he was a funny guy. He had lots of joke. You would like to do the practical jokes and, right. you know, he was always just a humorous and he was always just lighthearted and everything. But then, you know, you, you have like a huge chunk of people that saw a really, really dark side of him. And then, you know, there was a lot of things that even all the business decisions that he was making, he kind of kept to the side. A few interviews ago, um, I was talking to, I believe I was talking, I was talking to Tony, uh, Tony Mosley, and he was saying, I was saying, you know, what was it like to be in that whole sign of the times realm when the revolution had just been cut? You know, so out with the revolution, in with this new project. Did you see any type of, or did you feel any type of, uh, I don't know, just any type of problem, problematic situations that that occurred as a result of him just ripping off the Band-Aid and saying, okay, I'm starting fresh, I'm doing all this over. And and literally, Tony was like, nope. It was like, no. didn't, you know, it was just like another day at work. It was just, it was just a whole new thing, and uh, I, I mean, I would think that a band that had watched from outside, and when I'm talking about a band that watched from outside, everybody that was outside of Revolution 
with the exception of Sheila, obviously, because she was pretty very heavily involved with with Prince Prince's sure. music and everything else, would have to think, man, the revolution just got cut, and now we're in its place. And you know, it'd be a good question to ask: Are are we all trying to live up to what the revolution just accomplished here? Are we trying to be equal to or better or we are totally different thing what's happening here okay here's 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 my thought on that my i and and i wasn't there so i can't say my thought is most of them would say they're not trying to live up to the revolution they're trying to live up to prince true prince was the prince was the driver of all this stuff and and if you can make him happy on that day you are good he you were driven hard by prince and if you listened to him and could bring something to the table, he kept you. If you flailed, he replaced you. Not that the revolution was flailing at all, but he he wanted his his, his own sake back. My thought on that is, look, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that he got rid of the revolution and the next band had no name. I think he didn't want to share. I think he said, you know what? I'm going to become Prince again. I need that right now, eventually became Prince and the MPG. And if you notice, though, the MPG had a revolving door. You know, they had, you know, a number of people that came and went. And that was, you know, once he established that anybody could leave, I mean, early on he established Andre could leave, his best friend. So once, and Dez, you know, once you establish that nobody is expendable except Prince, you all know your place. And that sounds, I don't want to sound colic, um, condescending about that because it's not everybody he picked great musicians to be around him he did i mean there's if you played with prince you went in as good you came out as great because everybody up their game working around him because he worked hard um yep. you, i don't know of anybody i've talked to that, that said they went they went through there and didn't learn something if you didn't learn you weren't observing but i think the bottom line is you weren't trying to live up to the revolution you were trying to live up to Prince. I think Prince was trying to live up to the revolution a little bit, not the revolution, but that time period. And I don't think he ever made it. There's a, I don't think it's a coincidence that um, he didn't do a big tour in America for years after that. I mean, the next one he did was uh, Hit and Run, and that was a small tour for Parade. Didn't do Sign of Times here. Did uh, Love Sexy here as an afterthought, and didn't do Nude Tour here, and finally did the Act One tour here back in 91-ish, I guess it was. So, yeah, it, 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 it took a long time. And a lot of the songs he even played, he didn't play again for a long time. So I think Prince was sort of intimidated by what he did, but I don't think the band was trying to live up to the revolution. That's my guess. I think their biggest thing was to live up to Prince. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, uh, and and it's just, it just seems like a weird transition for somebody to have to go to. It's it's like going to work for a company and knowing that the whole entire staff before you was was fired, and now you're having a... Right. You're, it's just, there's, there's got to be some type of vibe that happens there. But, I mean, I guess... Oh, I can't... I think, I think it's important. I think, uh, artistically, I think that it sucked at the moment when it happened because all of us are like, oh, my gosh, they're, they're, you know, they're our, they were family to us because they were immortalized in the movie. We knew them because of the movie. Um, that didn't mean they were with him the longest. Uh, Wendy was only with him from 83 to 86, you know, so she was there like three years. Um, 
Fink stayed. Uh, Dr. Fink was here there from really early till about 1990, I think it was ish, 1991, um, and uh, so he was pretty long there. But um, most of the other people were kind of, you know, Lisa was there for a long time, um, and Bobby was there for a long time. But uh, yeah, I think I, my guess is the smartest thing he did was breaking it up so that he could be back in charge and do what he wanted. That's you know, that's, I'm funny. I'm reading a book about Bruce Springsteen right now, and he's talking about how he ran the E Street Band. And, and it's so many parallels with Bruce Springsteen and, and Prince because he had a band. It was Bruce and this, so that's his band. They weren't his equals. They were his band, even though they're all great musicians. And he didn't play with them for 10 years. And finally he said, you know what, I want to bring him back. And how I wish Prince had done that with the revolution to see how they'd grown and, and see what he could have done. Not that I didn't love the bands he always came up with, because he really opened my eyes to some brilliant musicians, but I would have loved, as a, as a fan, would have loved to have seen him do something with the revolution just one last time, you know. Yeah, that definitely would have been good. That definitely would have been good. Yeah. There was some type of, I can't remember what it was, there was some type of uh, rumor that I ran with. I can't remember what it was. It was years, it was, <laughs> it, it was a couple years before his death. And uh, somebody rumored something to that effect. And I said, <laughs> screw it. I'm running with it. <laughs> and I put it on right. there. And, and it was like one of the biggest blog posts that that would ever, was ever posted on Funkatopia. Because, you know, of course, there was all the naysayers like, oh, hell no. This is never happening. Don't even hold your breath. I don't, I don't even know where this even came from. That's even crazy talk. And then there's other people who are like, you know, but... If that did happen, I would pay like hundreds of dollars okay, a ticket yeah, yeah. to go oh, yeah. see this thing for sure. Right. And who wouldn't? I oh, mean, I agree. And I think, I think, yeah. And and the thing is, all of them as musicians have grown. You know, every one of them is better than they were because you know they have experience. Prince would bring something new to the table. They would come in new, with something new to the table. Wendy and Lisa are, are just phenomenal at what they do. It's funny because Wendy's, I, I'm. I'm shocked that people don't understand what Wendy brought to the band sometimes because she brought a, uh, a a rhythm guitar that blended with him so well and really kind of – she wasn't flashy. She wasn't like, look at me. She would do an occasional solo, but mostly it was Prince being able to be the rock guitar hero. But the things that she brought to – fill out his sound with their chords and things like this. And then Lisa was just so good at the piano and just she did things Prince couldn't do. And it, just each one of them had something they brought to the table. And he, had, he did end up playing with each one of them at least once later on. He played with Bobby at, uh, at a, a show. He played with Wendy and Lisa in, Euro, in England, I think it was Europe. He played with uh, Matt and uh, I think, I want to say Fink at um, one of the uh, celebration things. I think he played with, maybe he didn't play with Fink. I thought he did, but maybe he didn't. But he, uh, you know, he played with most of them, if not all of them, at least one time later on. So, you know, he uh, did like them. I don't think there was any sort of bad blood. He did like them. Yeah. They, they loved them, and they loved him. I mean, you can you can see when you hear them interviewed. You, you know, the, the the thing for us is we we when he passed, when Prince passed, it was like it was losing. Our, a musical hero and the guy that, you know, I'm always playing Prince and you're the same way, I'm sure. And we lost that. We lost our connection to that. They lost a friend and a a brother, a a lover, a a mentor, you know, a guy they used to joke with, a guy used to sleep on their couch, you know, they lost that guy. And that's, you know, you're losing, you know, you're losing an old friend. It, It hurts 
deeply, you know, because there's so many conversations you didn't get to have. And, you know, we're thinking about albums that never came out and tours that never happened. They're thinking about, you know, just just things that friends think about when they lose a friend, you know. And, and so it's incredibly personal to them in a way that we'll never understand. But when you see them interviewed, you can tell that they still love him. And still hold him very close, even though I'm sure he pissed him off many times. Oh, of course. Yeah. For all heard some of those stories. Yeah. For those of you just joining us, uh, of course, you know my voice, Mr. Christopher here with Funkatopia. And we're on uh, Funkatopia Live here on Funked Up with special guest Dwayne Tudal, the author of Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions, 1983 and 1984. An amazing, amazing book. Many people uh, claim this is probably the best book ever written about Prince, but it's not necessarily a biography. I mean, it kind of is, but it's more of a documentation of as much as we possibly can extract from official sources, whether they be... Uh, studio documents or whether they be the actual people who were there in the studio, but it documents pretty much every single day that happened in 1983 and 1984 to the creation of Propa Rain and his journeys and his relationships. And it doesn't read like an encyclopedia. It reads very much like a story. And uh, that was my original concern when I first picked up the book was I was like, because uh, I saw the dates and I said, oh, it says, okay, here it says this date. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be very stoic and it's going to be very, you know, kind of like reading a, he did that right. shit. But it, there, there is, yeah. the, it, it literally has stories and personality that is, that is woven into the whole entire, you know, chronological order of the book. And and it is just, it really is the best book that I've ever written about, not written, read about Prince. And uh, so I'm really, really excited because I know you have a special announcement about it. And we're, 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 still, we're, we're still playing with you guys a little bit. We're letting you sit, <laughs> listen, listen to stories, hang out, you know, just that's, chill. That's and and Dwayne, will, Dwayne will unveil whatever, whatever his secrets are uh, shortly. And, and we're going to dig a little bit further into those secrets. I, I already warned him that I was going to yeah. do that. Um, but if you have any questions for Dwayne, you can feel free to call. I know a couple people said they wanted to call in and, and talk and ask questions. And uh, you're more than welcome to do that. You can pick up the phone. It's 831-777-FUNK. That's 831-777-FUNK, F-U-N-K. And if you're alphabetically challenged, that's 3865, 831-777-3865. Can I update? Something I said earlier, I wasn't sure whether Fink had played with uh, with Prince. I just got a, a note from Rodney Fitzgerald, uh, who said uh, that Fink, Bo uh, Bobby, and Mark all played with him uh, in 2000 at the celebration. So they did all play. So every one of the Revolution did play with him after the breakup. Um, I mean, I knew Mark, I knew Fink did because he stayed in the band. But everyone played with him later on, much you know, many years later. I saw a story. Yeah, I did see a story. Um... That I can't remember what it was. It was Wendy and Lisa were playing some. No, he Prince was playing some event. Maybe it was in Minneapolis. I don't recall the date. I don't recall the time. But it was Prince was on stage and he asked Wendy and Lisa to come up on stage and and they played with him on it. And you know she he had referred to her on the mic as oh it's my dear friend Wendy. And I know Wendy's response was he hasn't talked to me in like years. 
like years. And right. I thought that he actually had like all this negative uh, feelings towards myself and Lisa and our relationship and, and everything. And now it was all, I guess was all fine and dandy. And I think that was really ultimately, you know, Prince's way of just kind of saying, yeah, I'm just, I'm done with, I, I've, I'm at the point in my career right now where I'm, I'm done with all the, the bickering and it's, I'm done. I'm just done, right. with, you know, nitpicking on everything that doesn't, you know, set well with me. And I'm just, I'm just ready to just enjoy all the successes and all the fruits of my labor that I've been doing all these decades. And it's just time I think to just after move forward. While, yeah. I, I think after a while, even in, in life, I mean, I'm in my fifties now and I'm finding that I don't want to be around negative energy. Right. And yeah, I'm just like, okay, you know what? I wanted to. I want to be in a calm spot. You kind of forgive the old battles. You 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 look at a, a old enemy sometimes as, yeah, we went through a lot back then. You know, as long as it's not something that's current. You know, you you, you start to focus on the good stuff, and you you know. Um, I've lost friends that I was in a, not a fight with, but this, we lost touch and you kind of wish you could go back and make things right and, and things like that. So I, I get that. I think it is a natural thing in life when you get to that point in your, you know, in your, in that stage of development that you do seek that stuff out. And I think one of the fun things to me about Prince when it comes to having been a fan in real time, having been a fan since controversy is you see him growing with us him getting married, him falling in love, him being lonely, him being excited, him dealing with the world. After 9-11, he was doing the, um, the, the music club thing, and so he came out with a CD in October of, of uh, 2001 that was kind of supposed to be healing. And it, you're just like, okay, he's dealing with a lot of the same things we're dealing with. And I think that's the thing that the, the next generation is going to miss with Prince because they're going to get handed a stack of you know, 39, 40 CDs and go, here, listen. And it's not the same as what we had, which was getting a CD a year with B-sides and rarities and trade things that we would sit by our mailbox waiting for a tape to show up uh, or things like that, that that made it a family and made it special because we were able to develop it and process it. And it became part of our DNA. you know. And so then the next one came out, we were like, where's it going to go? Oh, and now there's a tour with this too. Great. And now there's a new color scheme and a new hairstyle. And look, he's showing his butt, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> it, it became a, a thing that we were able to, to process in real time. To be handed a stack of a couple dozen CDs, you're going to be kind of confused because you're not going to understand the order that this came in and, and the, um, the purpose of this and the thing, and then the story he's telling, he's telling his life story. And so you're not going to kind of get that. So what we're trying to do is make sure that people can see it in context, you know, whether it's with this book or, um, other books, I tell people don't just, you know, read my book, although I hope they do read, you know, go, go and find out other books that, that people tell the stories, you know, the people that worked for them, when they write an autobiography, read it and, and, and see if you can understand a little bit. Mike Day's book is great. Sheila's book is entertaining. Just go and seek it out because these are the people that were there. And so what I do for my book, since I was never there, I never worked with Prince. I went to all the people that I could find and I talked to the entire revolution. Um, and I talked to, uh, members of the family, members of the time, members of, of all these different things. And spent time with about 40 different people who were engineers and band members and, and whatnot. And engineers 
are the people that sit in the studio with him for 18 hours a day. So they kind of know him, you know, and, and band members. Are, he would rely on them for you – know, there's a huge trust with musicians. If you've ever been in a band, you know that there's this, this trust that if you're going to go out on a limb, the rest of the band's going to be there with a net to catch you when you come back. And nobody's going to sit there going, wow, they missed a note there. You're going to be it's, – it's, it's a uh, tightrope thing, and you just hope that it goes well. And when you've got people you trust that you've worked at really hard, it's going to work out well, and it did with Prince. And I think that there's a trust that he has, and the people around him, everybody within this circle has to speak that language, that musical language. And so I had them telling me stories about what was – what it was like to be able to interpret him because he wants you to be able to read his mind, but he gets upset with you if he thinks that you are reading his mind. You know, he will, he will throw you a loop and say, Oh no, you're wrong. You don't know me. And he'll trick you up. And that's, he's, you know, he's, he's a tough one to, to figure out because, um, he would, like you were saying, you were saying earlier about people, him being, you know, different with different people. Yeah, of course, he would be different with with the time, or different with Wendy and Lisa. He'd be more vulnerable with these people, or he'd be more hard ass with these people because that's just. And we are that with that would, you know, you act differently on your boss than you do with your college roommate. You know, that's just what you do. Um, and so it's like Citizen Kane, where there's different stories about the same person. That's what it is with Prince. Somebody say say he's really funny, and somebody say this dude is totally serious. You're a minute late for rehearsal. You're docked. You know. Right. So I think that that's the one thing. Some people say I, it's funny because so many people told slightly different stories from the same uh, different perspectives from the same story, and they would say, well. This is kind of how he was. He was he was very spontaneous, or he was very um, uh, you know perfectionist. And somebody say he wasn't a perfectionist at all. He was this, and so it's it's interesting to hear the different stories that and that sometimes contradict each other. Yeah. So that to me was part of the fun of the journey of, of reading and writing this stuff. I want to ask you a question, but I know it's gonna it will lead into your surprise. So I'm trying to I'm trying I'm trying to go <laughs> okay. around that question. Um, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to ask you a question. On the, but after – it's kind of like whenever you try to write a, a book like you wrote and you try to be as comprehensive as you possibly can. And then you yeah. see so, – and then you see this announcement about that there's got a brand new album coming out September 21st. It's Prince Piano and a Microphone from 1983. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. what now? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you know, is and then people will go like, "Well, I didn't see that covered in this," or "I don't," you know. And but the reality of it is, is that this is first off, it's only for those in the, who don't know, who have not heard the announcement. The uh, Paisley Park is releasing a brand new album, uh, but it's under forty minutes long. I can't remember what exact time. It's like thirty-eight minutes or thirty-five yeah. minutes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it's just Prince and a microphone, just singing. And um, and I, matter of fact, we have the track "Mary, Don't You Weep," uh, which we'll play in just a minute. Uh, so we'll take a little bit of a break here in just a second. Um, but um, does it drive you crazy when you see like pretty a, a pretty significant thing that you think you know why didn't so and so share that when I was doing all this or why or was it just so much going on that it's just almost with a, a guy like Prince it's just literally impossible to be completely comprehensive it's just it's not 
possible. It's just be too exhaustive. For Prince, here's the thing with Prince. For me, I'm a completist. I want to hear every note he did, every solo he did, every alternate take. I like hearing beautiful ones that has an extra twenty seconds in it because I want to. I just want to hear that stuff. I'm so I'm, I'm a completist. Most people that are big nutty fans like uh, like me and like you have probably heard this thing before. So yeah. we're not necessarily the market for it. Um, is it frustrating a little bit? Yeah. But here's here's the thing that I, I have to keep reminding myself. Prince didn't leave a will. Prince didn't leave plans. Prince died unexpectedly. The, nobody, they're, they're trying to figure this out. They've got thousands of tapes they have to go through. Now they've got to do that in real time. And they've got to have people that understand what this is and understand the um, – you know, oh, this fits in here, or this is part of this, you know, and that's that's a huge task. And these are people that, that have kind of been handed this, but don't really understand what is involved. And it's a little tricky, and, and I kind of have to give them a little space because I, I want, obviously, I, w- I would love to have, you know, box set after box set after box set with, you know, 25, 30 unreleased songs, you know, sound checks and everything like that. The reality is right now we're not going to get that. And the reality right now is not only did he not leave a will or anything like that, he didn't have a contract with a record album or the record company. So you've got to do the negotiation with whoever's going to own the rights to it, whether it's going to be Warner Brothers or another company. Because if it's Warner Brothers, that's really convenient because they can just keep everything in-house there. But if it's another company... Most of the albums from Warner Brothers are going to then shift back to Prince. The only albums that won't be shifting back to Prince are Purple Rain, um, Under the Cherry Moon, uh, Graffiti Bridge, and Batman because they're all sound tra- soundtracks, and they will stay with Warner Brothers. But outside of that, every other album is going to be going back to the estate. Okay, well, if that's the case, maybe they can sit there and wait. Is that wise? I don't know. If you wait too long, we're in a society right now where if you wait too long, people forget. You know, I think that the, the I look at the way they're handling Michael Jackson's uh, state, and I think it's awful. Right. They're coming out with bad stuff, and, and it's like a Halloween album last year. Like, what, wait, what? You know, I don't want novelty albums. I don't want bad collections. I want to see a well-done, well-put-together, well-documented album that comes out that, that we can sit there going, yeah, no, okay, this is this is smart. And I, I want to see that. I'm a fan. Here, I'm a fan of the Monkees. And I know that sounds goofy, but they've no, been coming out them. with albums. I loved them. <laughs> okay. Great. All right. Good, good. But they've been coming out. And you know, Rhino has been coming out with albums of the Monkees for the past 10, 15 years. And they'll reissue with extra stuff. And each time I buy it, and I'm like all excited going, oh, my God, there's a five-CD set this time. And it's got, you know, the mono versions. And it's got the, and whatever it is. And it's, this, is, this is a mix that was only in Australia. And I dig that. And they do it well. And they have a uh, liner notes by Andrew Sandoval, who, is there, uh, who wrote a book like my book about the monkeys. And he now manages the monkeys. And you just sit there going, God, I love this stuff. And I, that's what I want. I want to see this come out right. I'd rather wait a little bit to get it right than to have things thrown out and going, wait, that's a poor mix or that's that's in the wrong era or that's, you know, whatever it is. I'm, I'm one of these nerds that will sit there watching a documentary about Prince and I'll get frustrated when they show a picture of him from the nude tour and they're talking about Purple Rain. So I'm like, no, no, dude's got straight hair here. 
he, he didn't have straight hair then. Why? You're using the wrong picture. So I, I am, you know, I'm nerdy like that. I, I get, you know, oh, no. kind of meticulous. Oh, I'm the same exact so, way. Matter, matter of fact, Hot Topic, which is like my daughter's favorite store in the world. Uh, which is, yeah. I don't know where they have Hot Topics in the country. So for those okay. who don't know, Hot Topic is just like a, it's like a clothing company that's kind of a little bit more, got a darker edge. So, you know, most of the punk rockers still go there and there's like lots of different things. But they they did have a Prince jacket and it had the it had Prince on a motorcycle on the front of it. And on the back of it was a picture from uh, Love Sexy. And I was like, right. what? A, a parade more or less. And I was like, what? that's not even... That's not even the same. <laughs> why would you? Why would you do that? <laughs> it just makes me nuts. So right, I, exactly. I just it. So yeah, I I'm, I I get I get where I get where you're coming from with that. I, it's, it's, I think that when I found out about this album, I thought my first reaction was, oh, really? Because I was kind of like everybody else, hoping for some sort of big, you know, thing. But you know what? It'll work out. It will work out, and what we're we're seeing is just the first stages of all this stuff happening. Um, they're still releasing Jimi Hendrix albums. He's been he, he passed away in I think seventy uh, August or yeah. September of seventy. Right. So so they're still they're still releasing uh, unreleased Beatles tracks, and they broke up in in seventy. So it's. There's going to be some time. We may not be around when they're finishing this stuff up, and that, that's Which a sucks. sad thing. To me. Which sucks. I know. You don't need to tell me. I, well, I, you know, but it's horrendous. Trust me. I know. I know. But but here's the thing: is is they're figuring it out, and they're working on it. And I I know they're working hard on this because they got. I think it was brilliant that they took the tapes from Paisley Park to uh, Iron Mountain. It's it made so much sense because, as much as I wanted it to be stayed at Paisley, it was more um, because I I felt a kinship to that. It was you know nostalgia, as opposed to reality. Because the vault quote vault at uh, Paisley Park was not a great vault. It had water leaks and things like that that weren't good for tapes. So you need to have a place where they're solidly kept. And Iron Mountain is a place where they are kept. And, and and archived, and that's what you need to do is these things are assets, and they need to be archived. And if you don't, you're going to lose them. Tapes disintegrate. Tapes need to be baked sometimes, and if they're not uh, not properly stored, they're going to be worthless. And to me, it's very important to have all that stuff stored. You know, and I don't care where it is. I just want it done right. And if they're just figuring it out, here's the other thing. They've got boxes and boxes and boxes of cassettes. And I've never been in the vault there, but but they, what they've got is I've talked to engineers who would just say um, uh, Cubby Colby, um, who did all his live stuff and and uh, stuff like that. He would say that during a rehearsal they would record eight, you know, five, six, seven, eight tapes, cassette tapes, and he just put those in the vault. Now that's every day. That's eighty tapes, you know, every ten days. That's you know, that's over two hundred tapes a month. Yeah, that's over the course of 40 years. <laughs> and that's also not including the stuff that, I mean, because even Susanna right. Melvoin, who was, you know, who, who had very, very, I mean, not limited, you know, time with Prince, but, you know, she was even saying at the celebration that she had boxes and boxes of cassettes. And it's like, right. okay, you, you have boxes <laughs> Boxes of cassettes. Right. I mean, I could see somebody like you know Sheila E. having boxes and boxes of cassettes because she was heavily right. involved in everything, almost you know during especially during the eighties. 
And um, but it's it just amazes me how much of this stuff is is out there. But yeah, it's just it's the it's just the frustration of it all. I think I'm just. Oh, I, get um, it. I get it. I mean, I get it. I'm it, not going to badmouth them. I'm not going to badmouth them though, because my big priority right now is I don't mind them turning Paisley Park into a museum. No, I, I hope they I do something where they kind of. You don't like that? No, I I don't either. I I I believe. Okay. Yeah. I believe that if Paisley Park was sitting there gathering dust, I'd be pissed off. So yes, I. I it, it needs to be. It needs to be. The, first off, the the biggest priority right now is they have to keep the lights on. Correct. If they don't, the whole state will be sold for pieces. So they have to do stuff like this. I got a kick out of going through Paisley Park, and and I'm, what I'd, I would love to see them do is maybe take part of it and make that into a thing where they could educate new musicians, young musicians, kids, show them how how to do this. Um, but I like being able to go through there, and I like being able to see this stuff. I kind of wish they would embrace the people who work there. You know, go back to the band members, have them give tours, have a special Paisley Park Family Day where you have all the people used to work there, you know, and, and have them be able to take pictures there, have them be able to walk through the halls there. Uh, you know what I would love to see? I would love to see Jerome or one of the other guys go through and record their memories of Paisley Park and make that a tour. Make that where you put on headphones and you hear an engineer, you hear Jerome, or you hear uh, uh, Susan Rogers, or you hear uh, Levi Caesar talking about, in this room we did this, and here's a little snippet of that song that never came out. I would go, if they have like five different tours with different headphones, like the engineer tour, the actor tour, the movie tour, I would go five different times to hear each one of those. To me, that would be a brilliant thing they could do. But you know, they haven't asked me. Well, so. I was getting, I was getting very agitated, and I, I just rem- reminded of a question that I was going to ask you. Um, but uh, I was getting agitated when, when we did the Paisley Park tours. I've done the tour twice. Once the, uh, we did it in, it wasn't during a celebration. It was just they had turned it over into a museum, and I went there, and we went there in like January or February. I can't remember where it was, right. uh, but it was in the winter months, and uh, we went there, and it was just very, very frustrating because there, mm-hmm. I think they have people that right. have good intent, but the people that are actually doing the tours just have no clue. They have no, right. and and I guess you would have to really, really pay somebody hardcore money to, or decent money to really get a good quality tour guide where people who are actually, you know, have a good bit of information, you know, about each one of the things. But, you know, I, I got to a point where after I had argued with the, the lady twice, you know, she, she was telling me, eh, this song is unreleased. And it's like, no, it, that's actually been released. It wasn't, you know, it was on a Japanese, I'm not, you know, and, and of course, you know, she's getting mad at me. So I'm like, I guess I just got to shut up. Um, so it's just, it's really frustrating. I think, you know, when you've got people that are putting out bad information and it's fine if the people are not huge Prince fans and know just about everything there is because, but you know, then, you know, what's the reality that there's going to be people like yourself and people like me that are on the tour going through questioning everything that people are saying. They just, you know, most people that are going in there are just like sponges. But the question I was going to ask you was, is that I saw, I guess a a couple months ago, a few months ago that they were looking for an archivist. Why didn't you apply for that job? I may have. And you did. And I'm not working for them right now. (laughs) So there's the answer. But who who would have been a better? Who would have been? 
I, that's yeah. I don't understand. Go ahead. If that changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't imagine who would have been a better archivist or somebody who has just been, you know, knee deep and all that stuff. Besides the people who were involved, because everybody that was was really involved. I mean, even somebody like Sheila, you know, would be able to go in there and say, you know, if you say, okay, here's all the stuff from 1981 to 19, you know, 88, right? And we know that you were heavily involved in pretty much everything that happened in here, and uh, right. what. You know what? What goes where? And she'd be able to say that goes there and that goes there. But but when you but when you start getting into some of the some of the two thousands, she's going to be like, yeah, I'm not sure when he did that. But you know, somebody like yourself, very comprehensive. Right, 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 right. Here's what I would suggest: is is first of, I would it wouldn't that be the best job ever? I mean, that would be the coolest job ever. Yes. Um, and and you know. I would, I obviously, I would be honored if they wanted me to work there. Um, but what I would suggest if they had an archivist there, I would bring, be bringing in some of the people that worked on this stuff and say, what do you remember about this song or things like that? Which is what I would be doing as a fan anyway. You know, so you would bring in your Sheilas, you'd bring in your Wendy and Lisa and Bobby and Matt and Brown Mark and, and everybody else. And that from that era, but then you'd go, you know, you bring in the people from later and you go back, you know, with the latest years, you go back to Dave Hampton, who's an engineer from that time, or you know, Scotty Baldwin or whoever it is, and bring them in and say, what do you remember about this? You know, what can you recall? And that, that stuff, that would help archive that stuff a whole lot better to me. And then also what I would do, the other thing I would do, is, and I don't know why I'm giving these ideas out, but two things I think I would do. I'd, I'd make a subscription service for the rehearsals, and I would have every month, every two weeks, a new rehearsal come out, a new 90-minute rehearsal, just random tape from anywhere in his career, and make that so that you know you, you have a little bit of, uh, all of a sudden you could subscribe to for a year for that. And uh, that would be kind of cool. And, and the other one, beyond that, I would make sure that the people who worked on it, that they get a little bit. Each of the band members that were working on that maybe get a little bit something, you know, just a, just a, a, a shave of that so that they're taken care of. Because they didn't make a lot of money, and I think that they deserve, if they were working on that and he's going to be making the money off that, I think that they, you know, get them a little bit of something. That's my own thought on that. Second thing I would do is I would, if they're going to do, because there was albums by the MPG that never came out, and there's albums by the Revolution that never came out. I would gather some of those people together, and, you know, whether it's the Revolution, say, get them in a studio and say, I'm going to play you a bunch of about 15 songs. What do you guys think if we're going to put together an album of the Revolution stuff? And have them kind of talk about what each one was and why that's important and then figure out an album and come out with that album that's and that way you have an active band out there performing and they would probably incorporate a song or two into their stuff uh that would help promote the album i think that would be a great one to do you know you could even make a documentary about that that would be the coolest yeah, there's so much stuff that I that were coming was coming down the pike. I mean, the whole reality show thing was just I was just so disappointed that we didn't get that. That uh, he, he was in discussions to do a reality show about pace. So there's so much that can be done with what's there in the archive. I think until they figure out all the stuff that's there, it's premature to issue anything that's that's going to be considered um, conclusive. Uh, it's tough. I mean, even even going through my book now, 
there's things I look at and go, okay, well, I found out more information that's, you know, that can that can be altered and stuff like that. So, you know, I think with any sort of thing you're doing, Prince was recording all the time. There's no way to know exactly what he was thinking at all times, and there's dates that he was talking about something else that, you know, it's just it's it's almost impossible. This is an impossible task trying to archive everything. So I, I can't even imagine. I mean, just the but things I'm you have to <laughs> I'd love that if they, if they offered it something like that. I'd be like, let's talk. You know, of course. I think any Prince fan would. Who wouldn't? It's not just me. Any Prince fan would. Well, I mean, right. But I mean, like, I consider myself an above-average Prince fan. I mean, even when I, I tell people, oh, I've seen I've seen Prince in concert more than a couple dozen times, and people are like, what? And it's like, oh no, I'm like nowhere near where. Like some of the hardcore fans, I'm like nowhere. I'm not even in this mix at all. I mean, I I'm not. I'm nowhere in this mix. You can't even bring me into this. That that is now to normal layman people when they hear that they're just like that's just ridiculous. Why would you see somebody, you know, 27 times? Well, I, have a, qu- I, have, I have a question about that because I think you're. I, I consider yourself a pretty big fan. You were as a big fan. You read through my book. Did you learn stuff reading my book? Yes. Every other page, there was something on there that I didn't know. And you know, <laughs> you know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I was a teenager during the '80s, um, I was born in 1968. So literally, I did my whole teenage years in the '80s. So I turned 13 in 19, 1981. So it was like that whole. So literally, when I saw Purple Rain on the big screen, and I had no idea that. It wasn't the time the the time that we you know from the first two albums. I didn't know that it, that that was Paul Peterson that was up there. I didn't know. All I knew was it was the time. That's what I knew. It was the time. I didn't question who who else was on the stage. I wasn't going. Oh, hey, that's not so. You know, I none of that was happening. So you know, and I guess as the years went by, and as more you know, when, with Prince still alive, and more information just keeps coming, and you're like, okay, you're like processing really as quickly as possible, and you're not going back and kind of analyzing everything. I'm not a quest love, you know. I'm not like looking at right. labels to see who's doing what and all that. I wasn't that kind of person. I was, I was more of a, of just a sponge of just, just give me whatever music. I just, I just want to hear it. I just need to hear it. And and so when I'm opening, when I'm reading through your book and I'm seeing all this stuff about all these techniques that he used and the fact that there's backmasking, like I always knew that there was backmasking on Baby I'm a Star. I, I knew that. I I, I, I knew that because I, I could hear it, but I didn't, I never knew what it said. I never researched what it said. I just didn't. It right. didn't, you know, it just, it was one of those things where just, I just knew it was there. I, I loved it. It was awesome. And I just didn't think he could be giving me any type of subliminal messages telling, telling me to kill my family. I have no idea, but it was just <laughs> an amazing, it was just, the, the music was great. I loved it. It was just, everything about it was, was fantastic. And everything that he seemed to put out just spoke to me on whatever level that was. But, and I didn't need to know some of the minutiae that was involved in that. And so when I cracked open your book, I just, you know, after reading so many, you know, reading Alan Light's book and reading, you know, just reading all the books that I had ever come across, I just expected more of the same, but I was going to buy it anyways. And literally within the first, you know, 50 pages, I am already on the phone telling every, all the Prince fans that I knew, you've got to get this book. Because it was just every time I turned a page, there was something else there, 
And I just, I, that I just had no idea. I had no, it was every time, every three pages, there was a huge surprise where I had to go, what? So that's the reason why I loved the book so much. And, um, I just, I just think that I feel really like I missed out a huge portion of some of my passion and some of my enjoyment by never getting up off my ass and going out to Minneapolis and going to go see him in Minneapolis while yeah. he was alive. Why yeah. didn't I, well, I don't understand why I, because I, I can do it now I, and, and nothing's different from where it was when I was, you know, 10 years ago. Why right. didn't I, why didn't I get on a plane and go? Cause I just, I guess it was just that thought process. Like I'm working, I'm, I've got a job, I've got kids. I'm just dealing with this. I can't imagine leaving for leaving my wife and kids for four days and going up to Minneapolis and going to go see Brent's. I was, which wasn't, and now that my kids are older, now I can, I can do that. And it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I just, there's so much that I feel like I missed out on and I'm just, you know, very disappointed. But then when I think of everything that I took in and every, I, I did get, I got to meet him not once, not twice, but three times I got to meet him. I actually got to stand next to wow. him and sing to him. And, uh, I got to, I, I mean, I've been to after parties. I've been, uh, I mean, it's just been, I got to see him, his final two shows ever. I got to see both of his final shows here in Atlanta. So I got to, I mean, so there was plenty that I got to see and do and experience that other people that are Prince fans have not. So while I can sit and moan and complain, the reality of it is, is that I really did experience quite a bit and, uh, it was, it was still a blessing and, um, man, it just, it's it's just one of those things that I am interested in though because you're you're a little bit older than I am. When exactly did you come on the Prince bandwagon? Because I, I think a lot of people don't know your. I don't think we even talked about the background story of you and how you got involved, and especially your involvement in the Vault and um, what. Because a lot of people just don't know that, and I I, I think you had mentioned it in as, as in bypass and we'll kind of go there. Right. And then after you're done with that little snippet, we'll, we'll play uh, a song from that 1983 album that's coming out in September 21st called Mary, don't you weep. I didn't, I didn't download it illegally. I'm going to play it from YouTube because uh, I guess Paisley Park is putting, put up the clip on YouTube. So it's widely available for everybody to listen to. It's called Mary, don't you weep. It's one of the tracks off of this thing and we'll play it. We'll take a little bit of a break uh, and then we'll come back. But um, go, yeah, just kind of share a little bit about how that started. You mentioned the, um, me, my, my participation with the vault, just so everybody understands what you're talking about is the book, The Vault. It's Correct. The book came out years yes. ago. Um, just want to make sure people didn't think I was saying anything else. Um, I started being a Prince fan around Controversy. Uh, I heard Controversy in a few of the songs um, that got played, and I thought they were really good. But then 1999 came out, and it kind of blew me away. Uh, like most people, you know, I, I kind of got on the bandwagon right around then. Um, and I thought, wow, this is really good. I mean, the whole first side of the, you know, first um, three or four songs, you're just going, God, this is just so good. And I did do like Questlove did, where I would sit there and read the liner notes and look at who are all these people? What do they do? Who's JJ? What do they, you know, who just doing hand claps and finger snaps? I, you know, I wanted to know all this stuff. And, and even then back then, I was like, and then they had B-sides. And I was like, oh, this, this, there's B-sides here that I've never heard this. And this makes the album better. And then um, Purple Rain came out. And uh, Purple Rain was in 84, and I was 
20 at the time, and, and I was living in Ocean City, Maryland at the time as a, a beach resort. I was working down there, and it was the date movie of the summer, and, and you'd, you'd go down, and it was a place that, you know, you, you would uh, take a girl to the movie, and it was like great music. You came out in a great mood, and, and it was the perfect date night for, you know, date movie for that. And, and you'd, you'd want to go out dancing after that. It was a great time. Um, and he became the biggest star on the planet. And so, and, but again, what I started doing is realizing not just his musical accomplishments there. I started listening to the time and Apollonia and, 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 and vanity stuff and Sheila stuff and the family stuff and all this other stuff around him going, God, this guy's got a lot, but all these other people writing this, look at this, Paul Peterson wrote this and, you know, Brenda Bennett and Apollonia wrote this and, you know, cause that's what they would credit on the album. And it seemed like you know, this big thing, and and the new the B sides, and then a soundtrack would come out that had the song on it, or the, or or an album of a tribute album that would come up with the song. You just go, this is great stuff, and um, it was it was something that built, and then I started collecting music in the 80s and, and back then when you would be trading um, tapes for tapes, and somebody would have you know a seventh generation down version of uh, of a of a concert and they'd send it to you and that was you know a big treat with that um and then uh i started working for pierre nelson pierre nelson who wrote um the vault and we were all working for uptown uptown was a magazine in sweden that was a prince magazine and we were all working there at the time uh you know from here but uh um writing articles and things like that and so i started interviewing people and i thought i started thinking you know it'd be really cool to write a book about all his studio sessions and we talked about this back in 1980 or 1991 92 93 um so we we're joking around about it thinking yeah we could never do that never do that and we wrote The Vault, and The Vault was, if anybody hasn't seen The Vault, try to find it. It's a great book. It's still the book for understanding Prince's history. Um, it's it's a vital book when it comes to understanding. But, it's, but it is seriously a cold reading of dates. It's, you know, he did this and little this and broke up with this person. Not a lot of personality to it, um, which is – you, you can't fit that many years into a book and have you know all the details we wanted to have, but it's a great uh, timeline of everything that happened. Um, and uh, after that, I started you know just trying to figure out how can I do this book, and how can I make something like this happen. I kept researching and researching and interviewing more and more people, and eventually, a couple of years ago, my wife said to me, um, "Are you going to uh, finish this book, or is this an expensive hobby?" And I thought, oh, yeah, I guess I should finish the book. And so I finished the book. I got done the book in March of 2016. So I actually finished it a month before Prince passed. And I was all excited because I, I was like, oh, maybe I should see if I can get a copy of this to him and see what he thinks. Because I wrote it with him in mind. I wrote it as a tribute to him. And then he passed, and I was, like, not sure what to do because it's a book that, you know, it's a very personal book at times. And uh, I didn't know what to do. And I thought, do I, you know, do I release this or not? And I went back to a lot of the people and asked them, what do you think? And they said, you should release it. We know you've been working on this for 20 years. Um, and then some of the people that I interviewed came back and said, you know what? He died and he's my friend. And I don't want my first comments to be in somebody else's book. And I said, okay, that's fair. And I took certain people out. Um, I added certain people in because um, more people came came to me after that and said, you know, I'd like to be involved in this. 
And uh, also a lot of people did interviews out in the public, you know, podcasts and things like this. So I would listen to those and find, you know, good quotes. I wasn't concerned if they were from me or from somebody else's podcast. I just wanted to have information. I wasn't territorial about it, where it came from. I just want to make sure it was the good stuff. Um, and then um, I found a publisher and came out with it last November. But uh, that's that's sort of my history in, in a nutshell, real quickly. But that's I've been a Prince fan, hardcore Prince fan for years. There's periods that I, I love more than others, um, but I still have every album. I'm looking at my shelf right now. I'm like going, even the albums I've listened to five times, I'm going, yep, I got to get it, you know? So oh, but the cool thing about that is having now that there's several albums that were, you know, probably the two thousands that I didn't listen to as much because I got a family, I got, you know, a job, I got, you know, a daughter, you get busy. I can now go back and listen to those with fresh ears going, Oh, this is like a bootleg to me. <laughs> this is like something I've never had before. So I can kind of go back and, and listen to it. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, still don't like it that much, but with any sort of artist, there's going to be times they stretch in a direction that I don't necessarily go to. I'm a huge Bowie fan, but there's albums by Bowie I can't stand. But I'm like, good, good for him for having pushed the envelope, but it's just not something that I would, you know, I don't have to listen to everyone. I, I made sure I bought every one of them, of, of Princes and Bowies, because I want to make sure I, I support their artistic visions, but I don't always have to, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm at the party. I don't always have to enjoy the bean dip, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so let's do this. Let is uh, uh, let's see what we got here. I'm going to play a track from the um, from the album that's coming out in September. It's um, I don't know the exact title of it, but it's pretty much Prince Piano on a Microphone, and it's from 1983 is when the recording is of uh, this, and it's just Prince playing his piano and singing into a microphone, just like he did when he uh, he left us, the last tour that he did. And it's uh, very intense. It's very, very intense. I, I'm assuming it's going to be a very, very intense album, but uh, this is a song called Mary Don't You Weep. And uh, when we come back, we will take your questions. Feel free to call. It's 831-777-FUNK. And again, if you do not have the capability to be able to look at letters for whatever reason, it's 831-777-3865. I did have a question coming through via email from Chet who wanted to know how he can get it an autographed copy of the book from now, Prince and the Purple Rain Era Studio Sessions. And uh, how can someone uh, go about doing that now? Uh, one of two things. Um, I will be doing book signings. I, I don't know where he lives in the country. I do book signings around different places in the country. Um, but there will be um, chances to do... Um, well, <laughs> I'll be part of my announcement coming up. How's that? There you go. I got, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the announcement right after the, there was a song. So stick around through the song, and I'll talk about. I'll give a little bit about information about it after the song. All right. So here's a song from the album coming out in September. Uh, again, called Prince Piano on Microphone 1983 is going to be released from Paisley Park. They did put up a full song called Mary Don't You Weep, and here it is right here on Funked Up. And we'll be right back with Dwayne Tudal. And that was Mary Don't You Weep from the upcoming album from Prince called Piano and a Microphone, 1983. It's coming out 
think the date September 21st. That seems to be the date that's sticking in my head. It's September. It's a ways away. And so if I'm wrong, yeah. don't worry about it. It's in September. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. That's good. I, mean, that's good. I like the song. I like the song. The song, just so people know, is not a song Prince wrote. Uh, Mary, don't you weep. Some may know this. It's a traditional pre-Civil War spiritual song. Um, Aretha Franklin's done it. Pete Seeger's done it. Bruce Springsteen did it. The Kingston Trio's done it. Uh, it's just one of those songs that's been out there for a while in some way. Um, but the recording of this is going to be, I don't know what the what they're dating it exactly. I kind of think it's about probably the fall of 83. I think it's probably between September and October of 83, but I can't say for sure because I don't have a date on it. But that's sort of what my thought is on that one. Which kind yeah. of leads us into the announcement that we uh, that I was I was a little bit nervous about asking you about this album because of the fact that this is something that happened well according to what they're documenting as the time frame that this was recorded. This kind of falls into where the book covers, which is 1983 and 1984, and one of the things I was asking you was. You know, all these things that you keep finding out that kind of expound on what you had already put in this book, how exactly are you going to kind of handle those types of things and those types of things? And you are handling it by, and I'll let you say it. Take I, <laughs> I, I, well, I'm in the next week or so, we're going to be, um, well, as of right now, as of today, uh, Amazon has now announced uh, the updated paperback, which is going to be coming out in September, no, in November. Um, it is an expanded version of the book with a bunch of different additional things. I've done a bunch of new interviews for it. Uh, went back and found uh, the first book had most of the revolution, but I didn't interview Bobby. So I interviewed Bobby for this. So I've got all the members of the revolution in it now. Um, the other things in this are, let's see. Um, let's see, the other interviews of Bobby Z, Taja Seville, Wally, uh, Safford, um, Cubby Colby, who did his sound stuff, um, uh, they all interviewed for it, and a few other people that talked off the record. Um, there's some additional stuff with uh, about, probably about a dozen sessions that I didn't know about before, including songs that, that uh, I've never heard of before, um, which I, I know exist. Um, things that I was I was just pleasantly surprised to find out about um, that kind of expand on what's in the book. Um, there's been uh, there's a lot of things I had speculated in the book where I said I think this happened on this date, and I either um, through documents uh, and stuff like that I've been able to verify certain things, or or find out that. No, I was off by a few months, and and there's a certain a couple sessions I go, oh well, that happened much earlier. Like the recording of um, Electric Intercourse was actually from like January of '83. It was much earlier than I thought, and so going back to the people that I interviewed, talking to them, I went back to many of the people that I interviewed and talked to them. Um, went back to Susanna Malvoin and Susan Rogers and and several people that I, I had talked to, Peggy McCreary, and said, wait a second, I got some new information here. How does this fit into this picture? And they said, oh, well, let me explain this. And we talk about that. 
And so uh, a bunch of new interviews, a bunch of new dates, a bunch of new songs I've never heard of before, songs that I've, I've never going, I've, I've never even heard of this title before. So that was kind of fun. Demos of songs that Prince did that I didn't even know he did a demo for um, are all in the updated book, the expanded version of this. I don't know how many pages it's going to be, but to give you an idea, um, I had 75 pages of additional notes um, for this book. Um, oh my God! I know. Uh, now, now, granted, granted, seventy-five pages doesn't translate as that because some of it replaced information in it. It was like, oh, here's the correct or not correct. Here's the updated version of this. So it would take a place of something. So it's not like seventy-five new pages. It probably is going to be about twenty, twenty-five new pages, I would imagine. But new content, new details about things, including information about this session, the Mary Don't You Weep uh, came from, which. I've, I've sort of dated and put in a certain area, but um, that kind of stuff, it's just very, um, it's, to me, it's even more fun looking at the details in the book now. Is that a dog? Yeah, it's a dog. Just go ahead. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's a dog. He could be barking at his shadow. I have no idea. Every now and then he'll appear on, on recording because he's stupid. She's stupid. It's great. I love dogs. I love dogs. I'm surprised you don't hear my, my dog. will start barking soon. Um, but uh, so the book anyway has a lot of stuff. But we'll be coming out with it in November. It's for pre-sale right now on Amazon. Uh, you can see the, the cover. The only difference in the cover is it just has the word expanded, I think, at the top now. Um in blue, which so people understand. What's going to happen is the hardback is sort of going to be phased out, and that'll become probably a collector's edition eventually because that's going to be phased out, and the, the uh, paperback, which is the updated version, is going to be the main thing that they're going to be selling after a while. So if you have a hardback, keep it. Um, if you don't have one, get one. I can't guarantee it's going to be a collector's item. I don't know how these things work. But they're going to phase that out, so it's not going to be as readily available. Um, so the first editions are the things that are going to be eventually and you know, more of a uh, thing you want to keep on the shelf. Um, what I'm going to do is I will probably be doing something – I say probably. Um, probably next week I think I'll be announcing um, – signed books that I'll be selling from my website, which is DwayneTudal.com, uh, D-U-A-N-E-T-U-D-A-H-L.com. Um, I have not uh, put the notice up there yet. We're working on that right now, um, but I'll be doing uh, signed copies of the um, of the paperback. And what I'm trying to do, this is what I'm working on, is having those be able to be sold and out the same week it's released from the publisher. So if I can start shipping at the same time they're shipping it, which would be great. I'd love that. The other thing is I'm trying to make it so if anybody gets a signed copy, and I can't guarantee this right now, I'm working on this. So this is where the work in progress is if I get people who are buying it signed through me this summer, I'm trying to make it so I have a page in the book of all the names of the people that buy it so they'll be in the book. What That's about what the people like myself who have bought a signed copy online <laughs> earlier? Can, can I can I be in that edition? Because uh, I got it right here. It's in my hands. I, I, well, I, you're, but you're gonna. I'm telling you, you're gonna love if you like the if you like the hardback. You're gonna love the paperback because it's it's got so much additional stuff in it that just you're gonna sit there going, oh man. I mean, song. Uh, I, I talk about a demo for Let's Go Crazy that. I didn't even know existed. 
you know, that kind of stuff that you're going, what? He recorded that by himself? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, that kind of stuff. We're just going, holy. There was a, okay, I'll, I, I talk about a session that has um, Wendy and Lisa and Prince and Morris Day sitting there jamming, trying to find stuff for the time. That kind of stuff. Wow. And you're going, wow, I didn't. I didn't know that existed. I didn't do something like that. Yes, they did. So I went back to some of these people and found out information from them and things like that. So it's 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 that kind of stuff that you're sitting there going, oh, geez, I want to know that. And, and and again, I'm a completist. So maybe this is just the kind. This is just a fanboy in me, but this is the kind of thing I enjoy, and that's oh, why I did this. And I thought, you know, and and what what happened was once it came out. People started coming back to me and going, oh, now I see what you're doing because nobody knew, who, you know, who's this guy writing this book? And so they didn't know who I was. So once I came out with it, people came to me and said, oh, that's you know, really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, but here's some additional information. And I was like, oh, that's grand. At first I thought, well, this, nothing's going to happen with this. It's going to sit on the shelf. And then my publisher came to me and said, we'd like to do a paperback of this. And I said, okay, but if we're doing a paperback, let's do a deluxe paperback. I don't want to make just a thing that people are just going to buy, you know, just not get anything new from it. You know, we've had right. months now, and there's new information. Let's give that out. I, cause I, I'm one of these people that if I see a deluxe version of something, I get excited about that because I want to know more, especially if it's something I like. Right. Um, so I thought, you know, and so I spent three months adding to this and, and going through meticulously adding things and picking new things out and finding interviews with people and and spending time on the phone with Matt Fink or spending all the time on the phone with Bobby Z and, and, and you know, squeezing their brains a little bit and getting their thoughts on, on their memories and things like this. So uh, um, they talk about a song called um, uh, Duncan the Cat. Duncan the cat and Duncan the cat. And I was like, Duncan the cat. And so I, I reached out to Susanna and I said, did you have a cat named Susanna? Did you have a cat named Duncan? She goes, Oh my God. Yeah. And so she started telling me about this cat named Duncan. And that was the name of the song. And I thought that's crazy. So those kind of things that you realize beyond what you knew before how prolific Prince was and how important the people around him were and the, what they brought to the table and so that kind of stuff and so that was the, it's been a fun journey um, doing this so that's that's my announcement is making this um, updated paperback and you can you can pre-order it on, on Amazon right now um, if you want and it'll come out in November, but uh, I will be in the next week um, making a major announcement on my Facebook and with my mailing list about uh, what's involved and how to get a signed copy of the paperback. So there you have it. That, my, that's a hell of a release. And, yeah, and the other thing, reveal. You can find you can find on uh, also in my Facebook group, which is called Prince the Complete Studio. Sessions book series on Facebook, um, and you can go there and join. Uh, and I generally make the announcements there as well, but I have a mailing list. You can get on the mailing list if you go to, like I said, my site, DwayneTudall.com, or it's uh, PrinceRecordingSessions.com, um, and sign up for, just download the first chapter of the of the hardback, and you get put on the mailing list, and I'll, I'll be alerting everybody. But I'm hopefully soon going to have something in there that uh, you'll be able to download something that uh, is in the new book, in the updated uh, version. So there we are. Yeah, so, um, so, so, so that, that, 
Yes. So that so that was the reveal that everybody's been waiting for, which is a a pretty substantial reveal. First off, the book is going to be released in a paperback form. So obviously that means it's not going to cost as much. But the other thing is, is that it's a deluxe version, which has a bunch more information in it, including a bunch of songs that you have never heard of before. Documentation, more information, more interviews, more everything. And uh, you're going also, as as he said, he's. You can also go onto his website. You can uh, order the book. You can order the book, an autographed copy that will actually come out the day that uh, I, they're going to try to get it to go out the week yeah, the release. Yeah. Yeah, and, you uh, can't you can't order the you can't order the signed book yet. I'll probably in the next week or so be uh, starting orders on that. Um, but uh, we're working on the website getting that up to speed right now. So you can't order the signed book yet. But I will be making a major announcement about that probably in the next week. If you're in the book club, if you're in my uh, Facebook group, or if you're on the um, email list, you'll get news about that. And again. If we're trying to make it so that if you do sign up for the book and get it personalized, this summer signed copy, you can I can put your name in the book as a special thanks, which I think would be kind of a fun little thing. I, absolutely. So I'm going to buy a third copy of this book. <laughs> I'll tell the story. I bought I bought I bought the autographed version, the hard copy autographed version from your website, and I took it on the ship with me. We went we went on a cruise. My wife and I went on a cruise. And I just, I couldn't lug this thing around. It was just so friggin' big. It was like carrying around a dictionary. And I yeah. just said, so I, I have my iPad and I said, I'm just going to, I'm going to buy it again. I'm going to get the Kindle version. And now, right. and right. so now there's a third version. <laughs> well, you're going to get the audio book too. There's an audio book of this out too. Yeah, I'm not so. doing that. I'm not doing that. That's, that, that's so lazy. sit there in the car enjoying that. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'd rather read it myself. And not that I wouldn't mind no, hearing I agree. it. I agree. No, I agree. But I agree. I, now, if I'm going to get the voice, you know, if I'm going to get Bobby Z's voice and Wendy's voice during the process, that would be fantastic. But, well, that would be great. That would be great. You know, but uh, you know. sure that would be fun. But yeah, that's that, a happen. lot. Of, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I'd imagine. So I, it, a, but also the second review. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the second reveal, which a lot of people didn't really consider a reveal, but I considered it a, a huge reveal, was that you're in the process of working on the next book, which is 1985-1986, which yes. is a laundry list of albums from around the world in a day to, I mean, I, I just, 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 I mean... Well, I'll, yeah, the, the, again, for the people who just tuned in, the, um, I'm working actively on, on the second book, which would be 1985-1986, which would cover Time of the Times, uh, Parade, Crystal Ball, Dream Factory, Madhouse, uh, The Flesh, which is a, um, a jazz album he did that never came out, uh, Jill Jones' album, uh, parts of the Black Album, Sheila's second and third albums, The Parade Tour, the last part of the uh, Pearl Rain Tour, Under the Cherry Moon, The Failure of That, The um, the Breakup of the Revolution, The Breakup of the Family, uh, and a literally a ton, probably the most prolific era he had of unreleased songs. I mean, just dozens of songs that just never came out um, that are just, you know, I, I've, I've had the information on this for years, and we some of it, you can see some of the information is floating around of some of these songs, but some of them are songs that I'd never heard the titles of before, or never heard, you know, any details until I started talking to some of these band members, and they're going, oh, no, I remember that one very well. Um, and all that stuff happens in the second book. It's a 
probably even going to be thicker than the first book. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's two huge reveals. So that's, it is, it is. That's massive. That's massive. I do have a question. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, the second book is something I've just literally just started. It's not I've got it all mapped out, but I don't have the uh, the details. So I don't know when I'll be announcing when that would go on sale. That that might be a year or two off. That's obviously a year or two off because I've got a I, it's a lot of work to do. And if I want to, I I want to make sure this is as accurate as possible. And so I I work it. Look at it in detail. Look at it in context. And go back to the people I interviewed and ask them follow-up questions. So it's there's a lot to it. And the biggest expense on these kind of books is is uh, when it comes to um, uh, transcribing and things like this. It, it, transcribing is you know it, that's that's the thing that really slows me down because I have to transcribe all this stuff myself. And um, I've been having a lot of help from people on my Facebook group and things like that who have been angels when it comes to helping me uh, with transcriptions and stuff like that, because uh, there's only so much time I have in the day, you know, between my regular job and, and, and whatnot. What I would love to do is I would love to spend the rest of my life working on books like this and that kind of stuff. That would be the coolest job ever is to be able to just focus on these kind of things. But I don't know whether I can make a living at this, you know, for long term, but man, I, I would be – if I died after working on these things for the next 20 years, you'd see a big smile on my on my face. You know, as I – I would just be like, this is – I feel like I have a, a small part in extending Prince's legacy, and, and man, it's a cool thing because I've made friends with so many of these people, and, and they're good people and nice people and, and hardworking people because Prince drove them, and hearing the stories about that just – it's just amazing to hear, and 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 you know, hearing like I said, spending time with Joel Jones, or spending time with Susanna, or spending time with Brenda Bennett, or Susan Rogers, or Peggy McCreary, or any of the band members, or things like that. It's just that's what a cool thing to have for your job. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm incredibly I'm incredibly lucky, and and also not just that, but getting to meet the people who were behind the scenes about that stuff, but be, meet the people who are fans like me. Like when, you know, I got to meet you up at Perkins up in, in Minneapolis and and things like that. And, and seeing people that I, because I'm still, at the end of the day, I'm still a big nerdy fan. Right. So seeing other right. people who are also nerdy fans is the best because it's like, it's like a giant family reunion and you find out you've got, you know, this crazy uncle over here or this, you know, wacky aunt or these cousins. And you have this, this in common that you're all family or all fams. And it's going up to Minneapolis for these kind of things. I won't miss a celebration after this. I, I went up there this year and I had the best time. I didn't even go to Paisley Park for the celebration. The parties are where the fun is to me. You know, going to um, oh yeah, Perkins, or going to going to the candlelight vigil, or going to Michael Dean's thing, or going to whatever it is, all these different events, and going to and meeting everybody and spending time with everybody, and 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 man, there's was... so many hugs. And after you leave there, you're in like a bubble because yes. you're in this funk bubble, and it takes weeks, you know, probably two or three weeks before you're going. Ah, life isn't like this. <laughs> and, but yeah. man, those days up there were just. So 
such a good time. And now oh, I want to say hello to everybody I met up there. I met so many cool people up there, and I spent so much time with so many great people, and my picture's taken with them, and I'm always flattered when somebody says they read my book or things like that because you write your book by yourself and you don't know how it's going to be received. And then when you find out that people like it or took it on a trip or, you know, whatever it is, you're just thinking, wow. And then, and I had people tell me that this, the greatest, I'll tell you one of the best reviews I've gotten of the book is from Prince's old manager, uh, Bob Cavallo. Uh, he and I had lunch recently and he said to me, this is the first book I've read that I recognize the Prince I knew. That's, you know, somebody says that to you, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's, you know, and he was sincere about this. He said, you know what? I read other books, and I'm like, going, who is this guy? And I read this, and I go, this is the hardworking guy who I knew. And I thought, man, I, I did something right. Because I, I just am doing, using what other people are saying. I didn't know Prince. I'm hoping I got it right. And to hear that, you know, I got some things right. Makes me really happy. And like you said earlier, most of these books out there, I, and there's some great ones. Alan Light's book is fantastic, and Alex uh, Hahn's book is really good. And I like Steve Park's book and Afshin's book, and every other, and Mate's book and stuff like Mate's book. But they're all little pieces of 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 this. And and to hear the interviews with the people that were there as the storytellers, and and I'm kind of just trying to take as much of a back um, position as possible and let them tell their story. That's the fun to me is hearing Wendy and Lisa and all these guys talking about that's what we did that day and that's why we did it that day and that's how it was working with Prince. That's pretty cool, you know, to me at least. Well, the question I had was – when you're well there's most people i don't know why anybody's not calling asking about the questions everybody's sending me the questions via email which is fine you guys want to send them via email that's fine um but you can also call in and you can ask a question live right now uh you can talk to Dwayne and tell him how much you like the book you can ask him questions about anything that's kind of been piquing your interest it's 831-777-FUNK 831-777-FUNK uh somebody else uh, has just asked me will Will the expanded version be available in hardback? No. Okay. So no. That, that, that's all we need to know. Nope. Uh, don't need no yeah, reasoning. It, that's right now, I, yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> well, to tell you, the, the, the hardback's out. I mean, the, the hardback is out. They want to now go into trade paperbacks and, and, and sell it to at a cheaper – it's cheaper as a, as a paperback. It's, you know, it's, I think it's $24 as opposed to $38. Um, and they, they want to be able to, you know, get it to a wider audience. And like I said, they're going to start phasing out the hardback. So eventually bookstores won't have the hardbacks eventually. The bookstores will have the paperbacks. And the hardbacks, probably once they're sold, there'll probably still be some around. But once they start to sell out, they're going to be replacing them with the paperbacks. So the the collectible ones will be, at least at first, probably the pay, the hardbacks. So if you've got one signed or something like that, you know, hold on to that. So the question I had was, is did anybody that had originally told you when you released this book, was there anybody that said, that told you, yeah, take my stuff out of it, you know, because I just, I just don't feel right about it or whatever. Did any of those people come back for this expanded edition and go, uh, yeah, it's fine. Just put that back in. It, it's fine. I, you know. I, I didn't seek any out. I, uh, I, I didn't. 
Uh, well, I, I, no, I, not necessarily. Here's uh, when I talked to Bobby originally, he didn't know who I was when I was doing the first book, and he was like, you know what, I, I don't really know you, and and he's Bobby's like the gatekeeper. Bobby's the gatekeeper of Prince's story, and he's, you know, an honorable man and and has uh, a personal relationship. They're best friends. So he's very protective of, of, and understandably protective of Prince. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that want to take advantage of this. And uh, I think he was being very protective, so he didn't talk to me. Once he read the book, um, he and his wife, I'd been talking to his wife, and she said, we really like the book, and, and Bobby would like to talk. And I thought, that's, that's great. So I set up time with Bobby and, and was able to talk to him and figure out exactly what he could add to the book. And he added, you know, quite a bit of stuff. Um some of it's just confirming it. Some of it was new quotes and, and things like that, um, and stuff for the second book also. And so they said that was that that was something. So there were some people like that that came aboard. Um, there were people. There were more people that ended up reading the book that said, "If you're going to do additional books, I'd like to be involved." Um, and that's kind of fun, is knowing that for the next book or the next book after that, if I get to one, that it would be. Um, additional band members that were be would be involved and that that's kind of fun um but nobody that 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 backed out of the first book and there were very very few um that did that i i reached back out because i thought you know what it's still too soon and and i want to respect their privacy and if they don't want to be involved in this i, I totally respect that it's their story i don't want to you know i don't want to take somebody's story if they're not happy to talk about it you know so um, so I did that. So I, I honored that because they're friends and they're, these are good people. And I want to make sure that their um, that their decisions are respected. Yeah, I think that you kind of wrote a real fine line because I know that there's tons of stories of of people that have had really negative experiences with with Prince and and um, you know definitely when you start getting into um, you know some of the '85 and '86 things with you know. Um, you start creeping into some of the Maserati territory and all that ridiculousness and, and just, and just some of the, some, all that stuff that's out there. Is it, do you have to make a conscious decision at that point? What's your decision at that point? Is it, is it, I can't put this, I can't put these stories in this book because I don't want to, you know, in any way, you know, dishonor his legacy or is it one of those things where, you have to kind of decide, is it really that much of a turning point of a story for me to include this uh, that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just alleviate it. Like how much, how many stories do you know of that you just kind of left, left sitting on the table because you kind of felt like this is too negative or this would not shine a good light on Prince. That's a good point. Um, there are a few, mostly the stories that I would put off to the side are stories that didn't tell um, a bigger picture, it, or or re- redundant. There are times that um, that story may be out there in a lot of other books. Okay, well I don't. I, I've only got 500 pages to tell a story, and that's not. It seems like that's a lot, but I, I it's a lot to talk about. Originally, here's the deal. Originally, the, when I delivered the book, books like this are generally about 120,000 words. The first draft I submitted to the publisher was about 200,000 words. So it was about 80,000 words more. And they said, well, we want it down around 120. They were basically telling me to cut 80,000 words out of the book. And I thought, no. And I cut out 15,000. So I brought it down to 185,000. You know, just basically cut down redundancies. 
And I think that's the same kind of thing with the other stories. If these stories are out there already, I try not to use them that much because, you know, I don't – I want to read new stuff. If I had to choose between an old story, an old chestnut, or new stuff, I don't want to get rid of the new stuff to, you know, fill in an old story unless it's a really great important story, like a turning point, um, which you got – you had this – but the the – there's so much new stuff I didn't want to you – know, so much good stuff I didn't want to uh, dwell on the negative. And there's going to be some fights, and I put in some fights when they had in there. And, and the second book will have some of the fights in there um, because this is reality. Um, and part of his – some of his songs are based on fights he had with people. Um, you know, that's just the way it went. And when you're an artist expanding, you're going to have times that you piss people off around you. That's just, you know, especially somebody who's as driven as he is. When you have no time off, you're going to eventually be tired. And when you're tired you, and hungry, you get cranky. Um, that, that's what happens. Yeah, are there stories I didn't purposely print? I don't. I can't think of anything that I, I like said, well, I don't think so, unless it was something that I couldn't verify. And that's the other thing is, is I didn't want to just be tabloidy because sure you could have somebody saying all this other stuff and bad things because they had a chip on their shoulder about Prince, um, unless it was something I could verify that that you know or and was an important aspect you know not just that he was late for lunch that day and blah 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 you know it was, it, you know I. I I want to know the the reason why he did certain music. I want to know why he was driven. I don't necessarily care that you know there was a a minor squabble that didn't go anywhere. There's some squabbles in there. I mean, there's Jill Jones has a couple stories about them fighting. Um, and she has a great one about uh, she's always in my hair that they fought and he wrote the song and brought it back to her and said. Look what I did. I wrote you a song. It's like a kid coming back to the mom almost saying, look what I did. I brought you a present. I made you this, mom. And and uh, Jill listened to it, and, and one of the lyrics is, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll marry her, maybe I won't. And she blew up at him. She said, you know the, uh, the woman always decides you know, when you're going to get married, and, and she just – and so mad at him. And another song was uh, Sugar Walls. She thought, I think it was Sugar Walls, she thought that was going to be for her. And then it went to somebody else and he told her about it. She's like, wait, what? So there are, you know, conflict is is, is story. Um, so there are stories like that in there. But it's not, I don't want it to dwell on it. I want it at the end of the book. I hope people walk away respecting how hard of a driving force he was and how musical he was and understanding him a little bit more where he was at that moment um, as opposed to thinking, what a jerk because yeah, I don't want people to walk away from him he's a jerk I, I bet he was but to me, he's still my musical hero and it was written in respect and, oh, and, and with love yeah, so but there will be. St- I mean, the, the next book is about the breakup of a band. <laughs> so this is about the formation. This is about the first part of a relationship when you're in love. The second part is when it starts to drift and that there's problems. And you don't break up a band without – here's the issue I, I found in life is you see people break up and you think, gosh, all of a sudden they must have broken up. Well, no, things have been going bad for a while underneath the surface with other people in the, in the breakup. And a band is the same thing. You know, The fact that a band could stay together during this period is great. It just – you know, I, I – for the second book, we'll want to know – what brought it together? What what tore it apart? 
you know, what, what is the thing, you, what are the lessons you guys walked away from this with? That's interesting to me. Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in hearing, you know, that part of the story. And obviously, you know, you and I have already talked offline that, that all the interviews that, that I've done are, 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 are yours for the, for the analyzing. I mean, because, because I listen to all the stories that, that I've heard with, you know, from Brown Mark and um, even Ingrid Chavez and just some of these deeper stories and, and some of these deeper things that were going behind it. And um, it's just, I, I, I like it when we kind of get to the little bit of the bottom of the story. Like we knew that Prince let the revolution go and, and started with a new band during sign of the times. Okay. What is the, um, I don't think anybody ever, I don't think I remember seeing any interviews or anything about, you know, uh, responses from Wendy or Lisa or, or anybody that was in the band and who, and how, when they were cut loose and, and what that, what was going on and how the information was delivered to them and how'd they get their pink slip and all that stuff. So being able to see all those things and just kind of digging in, like I, one of the things that I, you know, to kind of dig a little bit deeper. And that's one of the reasons why that I liked reading your book was because like when I was interviewing Ingrid, one of the things that I asked her was, what was it like to understand that you were single-handedly responsible for him shelving the Black Album and going to do Love Sexy instead? And she literally was caught off guard. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how can yeah. nobody has asked you that question? Right. <laughs> how is it possible that nobody has said, oh, you know, they said, you know, well, how, you, you know, you you totally you single-handedly changed his his path which you know right. we have no idea if he had not met Ingrid Chavez what would have happened if everything had been built off of the black album instead of being built off of love sexy the whole i agree <laughs> the i agree, whole I, agree. Path I, changed. Yeah. I i think i think here's here's the thing that goes through my mind i don't do the, i know i say this kind of stuff a lot when i say here's the thing but here is the thing Two things. First off, I love Ingrid. I think Ingrid's fantastic. She's I, I, I was when we're talking about going on the tour of Paisley Park. I actually went on a tour of Paisley Park with her. Um, so my first time at Paisley Park was with Ingrid and a few others. And hearing her tell the stories and stuff like this, and, and I um, got to spend time with her there and, and hung out with her for the day. And she's just sweet woman, uh, uh, smart. Musically, I like the fact she's a poet. I love what she brought. I heard when you asked her that question, I heard how it threw her, and she was like, did not even think that that would be the case. I think, didn't she say she hadn't heard the Black Album? I think, I think it was something like that. Or, she's just so unassuming. Like, yeah. I didn't know. I, I know. I know. And that, 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 how do you not know? Why, <laughs> this is why I also love guys like you and all the people out there doing this. Podcasters are the lifeblood of continuing Prince's legacy and this show or any of the other shows, there's a lot of podcasts out there and, and I know you guys compete for different people, but at the same time, you guys also feed into a big narrative that is really important. And I don't think people tell you guys this enough is what you're doing is doing essential work for the future of Prince. You guys are laying down knowledge that people like me Enjoy, and I I will 
download your stuff and listen to it on a drive. Um, I just love this stuff. I love hearing it. I love the insights you guys bring. And each one of you has your own angle, too. And each one of you finds the, the fact that you've gotten so many great guests on your show. It makes me laugh that I'm on there. I'm thinking, wow, really? You've had Ingrid, you've had Tony and all these other guys. And then you're bringing me on. I guess it's slumming for a week. And that's, that's you know, when I, when I see that you guys have these kind of people, it blows me away because what it does is it gets them used to talking which I think I want to, obviously for my future books, I want to have them talking, but it gets them comfortable with talking and out there discussing the stuff. That to me is so important because they know the truth and these people were there and first person stories are so much better than, than analysis from somebody else. You can, you can analyze things all day long, but unless you were there, you don't know. That said, sometimes it takes the person on the outside, like you, to be asking her these questions that make her think again, oh, that, okay, that's a great one. You know, that's important. But what you guys do is make it so that the rest of us can relate to certain songs, talking about certain songs, that that's where the line came from. That's where this came from. That stuff, then we go back and listen to the music. When people came up to me and said, after I read your book, I went back and listened to the music again, and that made me so happy because I want people to do that. I want people to dust off their old albums, find the CDs, go download it, buy this stuff so that you can hear it, understand, and, and listen to it with the knowledge of what was involved with this stuff. And that, to me, makes it so cool. And again, your show and shows like this are so important because it connects us with the people who are in the room with him. And that's, that's as close as we're going to get right now. So thank you for, for, for all the interviews you've done and the fact that you've stood here and you sent me a bunch of these things that I didn't hear so I can listen to them in the future and go, this is great. This is great knowledge. And, you know, you've got a laundry list of, of big people who were there. So congratulations. Well, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I mean, the, the thing about I, I, I get a little frustrated sometimes because, you know, I, I see other you know bloggers that will pick up on, on what I've done and like, n no joke, not even two weeks later, interview the same exact guest and spin off of something that <laughs> I did previously. And I'm not saying you can't, if you have an idea and you want to expand beyond what I've covered, that's, that's fine. I'm, I'm, that's cool, whatever. But I like the, the podcasters out there that, um, are really bringing the in depth and, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm not great at it by any means. I, personally, my, my favorite podcaster that's out there right now is, um, that, in the Prince world is by far Michael Dean. And the only reason, Absolutely. and right. the only reason why I feel that way about Michael, um, there's other people that are way more visible than he is like way more visible than he is, but they do, they don't do it justice whatsoever. And I don't know what the reasoning is. I don't know what the, I just, it's maybe it's effort or whatever it is. But by far, all the podcasters that are out there, Michael Dean is is. Oh, I, I'm sorry, and also the um, the Peach and Black podcast. So you've got Peach and Black, great. Yeah, Black so great. so you've got. D'Angelo Duff is great. Um, there's there's several people out that I really you know I really enjoy, and and I, I'm drawing a blank on a lot of the names right now, but 
Uh, I've gone through in, in the back of the book and thank a lot of the people who do podcasts and thank in the paperback I even think more because to me again you're right and and yeah it probably is frustrating when you do some of that stuff and then somebody does it but looking at what's the goal of what you're doing is the goal of what you're doing to have something exclusive or to extend his legacy and if it's extending his legacy then having somebody else take it it's like a relay race and you're doing the, you're the you're the first person then the next person takes it and they run a little further there should be an appreciation for what people can build on and the fact that you're the foundation for some of that stuff is pretty cool yeah well i mean and, and there's some things that I, i'm i'm I obviously I'm not I'm not the first person who's interviewed Brown Mark or Ingrid or no, anybody I know else. That. I know that. So for me, it's just more like okay, let's let's catch up to where some of these people are now because I, I can't, you know, some of these interviews that that Michael does, which are like you know two three hours long, you know, he sits down with Susan Rogers for three hours, and you're like, wow, that's <laughs> that's groundbreaking. That's just amazing. And most of it and 99% of it is her talking. <laughs> it's just, right. you know, it's just finding that right balance. And he's just, you know, anyways, the, the point of the point of it being is, is that I don't want you for any point in time in this to feel like you're any less than of, because the point of this, the point of the podcast, just like you said, is to extend Prince's legacy and to keep that moving forward. And what better way to make sure that that happens by, you know, having somebody on the show like yourself who has done a phenomenal job at being able to document his, you know, his life. And, and I mean, and even, even this book that only covers two years, two years of his life is the most informative and most in-depth and comprehensive and exhaustive, and it's about to get even more exhaustive, uh, information right, exactly, and, exactly. And, and writing about, about him that I've, I've read anywhere. And it's just, so yeah, th there's no way that I would not, I mean, I, I would have you on the show every week just to sit in on everything that we're doing just so you can kind of back up or add spice or sugar to everything that's happening here because because you're you're just so you're like a, literally a walking prince encyclopedia and there's not many people on the planet that are that are like you and uh it's now you can be now you look at the book and you can be it's it's, it's right yeah. there it's the encyclopedia it's it's yeah. fantastic i actually toyed with the i toyed with the idea of calling it the prince encyclopedia i really can't it was one of the yeah. things i was thinking about and i was like yeah I, I thought no i don't want a novelty title I, I i wanted to have i really wanted to have the title be prince in the studio but that's already taken uh somebody already did a book called that and it was more of an overview of his studio stuff whereas i and, and i'm like okay now i'm trying to figure out the next book will be called probably prince in the sign of the times era studio sessions but it also includes parade so it's like okay well would it be prince in the parade slash sign of the times well no and then, and then it gets a little frustrating because you got Madhouse in like, there, okay, and well, right. yeah. And, and and on top of that, it's maybe recording the Sign of the Times stuff, but it's not the tour of Sign of the Times, which happened in '87. So you're like, on okay. That the interesting thing I found out so far is that for the first several books, there is a very harsh date at the end of the year that changes everything, and that was with with this book. It. Uh, 83, uh, the beginning of 83, was he was on the way down. 1999 had come out and was not doing well. 
and it was going down the charts. And he was reconfiguring everything, thinking, how do I change this? How do I fix this? And and so he took a month off from the tour. Um, and that was actually kind of interesting because I, I sort of speculated. I wonder if he took a month off the tour because he needed to fix things. And as I was doing the research, I found a quote by Prince that he said, things weren't going well. We had to take a month off. <laughs> I thought, yes. There you go. Here's your answer. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I try to use as many quotes by Prince as possible. I also, the funny thing is, anybody who hasn't read it, when they look through it, they'll see that every time I quote Prince in the book, it's bolded. I highlight. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I awesome. thought it's. It's kind of like the, the the red letter version of the Bible, you know, where everything and he Jesus saith red, <laughs> and he saith yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and Prince um, But to me, you want to hear from the man himself as often as possible. So when you see that, you're going, okay, that's where it, you know that was what he said, and that's what he's thinking. And I think that's kind of important to be able to understand where the man himself was thinking. I didn't interview him, but. Other people did, and I will certainly have their interviews in the book. And the other thing I try to do with the book, and I, I'm, I was very glad I did this, is I tried to make sure that everybody who I quoted was credited. Um, if it's from a podcast, if it's from another book or an article, an interview somebody else did, I tried to make sure there's a 50-page index in the back that – goes through where each piece came from or where each quote came from, whether it's, if it's my personal quote, I didn't, you know, from an interview I did, I didn't bother quote, you know, citing that because obviously it's mine, but anybody else who got there, I I wanted to have that in there because to me, if they did the work, they should get the credit for that. And they, and, and uh, also I put a link to wherever the articles are from in case somebody wanted to go back and read more from that author. Because I want to make sure that everybody was taken care of and, and recognized for that. Do you know um, any other book that, that that has gone to that length to make sure that every single credit has? I mean, because I'm I'm trying to think of like all the books that I've all the Prince books I've read, and I don't remember ever seeing a book that literally has like 50 pages of of. Like Back this. notes, yeah, <laughs> like yours well, does. Well, I, I, well, I have a question for you then. Here's a question for you. As, as somebody who was enjoying the book, did that add to the book for you? Did you like that? I think the reason why I enjoyed it, not that I was, you know, cross-referencing them as I'm going or, or you know, going over them right. and going, oh, well, this, this, that, and the other. I, I, the reason why I enjoyed seeing it was because it legitimized everything that was in there. It validated the fact that everything that's in this book is, was either said by this person, you know, in an interview or an interview we did directly, or it came off of this podcast or it came off of this interview. And literally if you wanted to, if, if you wanted to do your due diligence and go and cross check everything that was in there, <laughs> knock yourself out. It's all there. Well, it's going to take I you a while. Sure people, yeah. And, and yeah, it would take you a long while, but, but uh, probably the 20 years it took me to write it. Right. Um, but I wanted to make sure. The other thing is, if you, it's almost like if you want to know more about this, here's the place to go. And, and uh, there were great interviews out there with, that I, I don't use parts of. Um, Jesse Johnson did interviews with you know, um, different radio shows or TV shows, and I'm like, oh, no. Well, now people have a link to that, and there's a YouTube clip of that they can watch and, and things like that. So I, I, my goal is, is, as odd as it is, is to share whatever I know 
with everybody. And if it's to educate people or to entertain people, I don't know, whatever it is, here it is. Here's the information. Do with it what you want. And I'm hoping that this makes so that future books, not just by me, but other books by other people, will use proper research. When it comes to this, they know where to look for this stuff. Oh, and they know how to find this person or they know how to reach out to this person. I I saw several times quotes that I had done with people through articles I'd written were used in other books and not cited. And I was like, hey, that's that's for me. So I was kind of like not upset. I was glad that, you know, but and then I saw them misquoted. And that was really weird. And then I saw them cited to somebody else. And I'm going, wait, that's the exact quote that this person gave me. And now you're quoting somebody else with that and I even mentioned that one time in the book this quote is is often cited by you know as as being from this person but it's actually from this person because I did the actual interview and so I wanted to make sure that there's um, accuracy to a lot of the stuff and and I I there you know any any book of 500 pages is going to be elements that you're going well I wish I could change that you know and and tweak that or somebody may look through it and go oh this was wrong like the the date on that song was September 21st and it was actually September 22nd or something so I tried to update that for the paperback and there's, and there's oh, the other thing that's kind of fun with the paperback is there's entire sections that were speculation that if he, like I said, that it sort of confirmed things going, oh, okay, well, that didn't happen like that or did happen like that. Um, uh, and so I, it, it took a little time making sure I got things right with songs that I wasn't sure about or, or um, guesses. And in the book, and I'm not sure about something, most of the time I will say likely or assumed or things like that because I don't want to make a knowledge claim that I can't back up. You know, right, and that was that was important to me, and and also I like putting the times of songs in there, or you know, this is a song that's not released, but I know the timing because the people at Warner Brothers gave me a document that said this was what was in the vault at, um, you know, uh, from years ago, you know, or something like that. So that kind of stuff, and and so that was important to me is make sure that I, I give as much information so that people not only like this stuff, but seek this stuff out. And, and, and hopefully when it comes out, the fun thing for me was some of the stuff I wrote about in this eventually came out with the, um, Purple Rain Deluxe. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, now, now people will hear the songs I was talking about. And that, that to me was fun. So I like that stuff. Yeah. One of the things, how far is there, is there a specific limit that you have where you say, yeah, I can't, I can't use that. Or like, for instance, I was watching uh, some clip that I saw um, of Jesse Johnson and he was playing some, some concert. I don't, I don't remember what the, I think it was somewhere over in California. And he was telling this pretty elaborate story about um, him and Prince and Shockadelica. And I was, it was a very intriguing story about what had happened between him and, uh, Prince, what what the commonality is between Prince's song "Shockadelica" and the album uh, Jesse Johnson's album name "Shockadelica," and exactly how right. that all, uh, how that all. I don't know if you know that story or not of how that all I do, worked. Yeah, that's actually even in book two. That's going to be in book two. Yes. Yeah. So I yes. didn't know. Like, so if you see something like that, if you see, um, if if you see something where where Jesse Johnson is is just spouting at, at, uh, over the mic. 
on YouTube, but he, he's doing it and it's on the mic and it's, he's doing it at a concert and somebody's recorded him doing it. Can you use that or would you use that? Or do you need something yeah. or, or, or would you need yeah. to get on the phone and say, you know, just say, I just want to kind of, where you, you know, you know, a couple highballs in when you said this or just, <laughs> you know, what exactly? Here's, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I, I, I use for, for when it comes to my research is if it's a quote I can't get from somewhere else, I've done that. I quoted Prince oftentimes when um, he was in uh, the, the piano microphone tour. Piano microphone tour is anybody that's going through um, Prince's uh, stuff should go back to the piano microphone tour because there's so many times he tells a personal story during that thing, and it's amazing to hear what he has to say. Um, so I use quotes from. I use a quote from Jimmy Jam uh, from a live award show where he said Prince uh, kicked us, g- g- took a six-inch heel and kicked us out. You know, something like that. So <laughs> if it's an entertaining quote like that, I would use it. I generally try to go through and 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 use quotes from actual interviews. Um, Jesse's an interesting one because I had interviewed Jesse years ago, and uh, Jesse's one of the people that after. Prince passed, he said, I don't really want to talk about this. And I thought, okay, that's fair. But he had a a great quote about Peggy McCreary, who was Peggy Mac. And it was a very complimentary quote about her. And I said to him, can I use this? And he said, yeah, yeah, you can. And And he also let me use a couple other stories from different things. And it was just a limited thing, but I respected him not wanting to come out because I had a lot of things from him. And, and I was able to find most of his quotes in other sources, you know, out there. He didn't dislike the book or anything. He just didn't want to talk. And, uh, you know, a, a friend of his past, his own roommate, they, they lived together for a while. Um, and uh, I thought, okay, that's fair. And, and I went through all the things. Every person I interviewed um, over the course of 20 years and every person that um, I was able to get quotes from, uh, like um, Jellybean Johnson and things like that, uh, he, several of those people had talked to a guy named Alan Freed. Alan Freed is a friend of mine, but also worked for, uh, did some stuff with us for Uptown, and just a general all-around good guy. Uh, he is from Minneapolis, lives in Los Angeles now, but he had done a lot of review, uh, interviews for Pierre Nielsen's books. Uh, he and I were the two main interviewers for the Pierre Nielsen's books, and he said, would you like to hear all the interviews I did? And I was like, yeah. And Pierre Nielsen also said the same thing. I'm gonna, he said, I'm going to throw all these tapes away. Do you want to listen to these? And I was like, absolutely. So they both gave me all the tapes that they've done. And I went back then to Jellybean Johnson, or I went back to different people that they interviewed and said, can I use your interview for the book? Because I didn't want to surprise them. I wanted to make sure everybody that's in the book that I interviewed knew the book was coming out, was excited about it, and, and was aware um, as, out of respect. I mean, some of these people came over to my house. And, that's awesome. And, okay. Yeah, you know, when you got Brenda Bennett coming over to the house or, or people like that, and you're just like, you know, they, you know, or people invite you to their house, you, you, there's a certain respect you give to people that, that are opening up to you. Um, I was interviewing one person and she started crying and left the room for a few minutes because what we were talking about was so personal. And again, this was long before he passed. These are real feelings, real emotions and real stories from real people who had, you know, that knew him in real time. And 
you know, you have to respect that, and you have to respect the people that did this, and you have to respect, you know, all this stuff. I keep telling some of these people, I wish they'd write a book. I wish Susan Rogers would write a book. I wish Peggy McCreary would write a book. I wish Brenda Bennett would write a book. I wish, uh, you know, that would be the best. You know, I would love to have um, all these people because they're all now in the position where they can tell the truth and let us know their side of the story and let us know additional things of what this person was like. Um, right. We'll never know the you know, full picture of what we have of Prince. We'll only get little pieces now. And we're trying to put together this huge image of what he's like by just having little, you know, little elements. And, uh, and even when he was around, you know, he would trick us and say things that were just kind of playing with us and, you know, little riddles he'd put in his stuff that would either foreshadow something or just send us on a track to the left when we're oh, yeah. supposed to be going to the right. I, I was you know? in my, I was in my forties. I was in my forties before I knew that his, before I knew that his, you know, he, he was going, th- he was going through that hole and my dad was black. My father was, my mother was white thing. You know, it was just like, yeah. Oh, I, I bought it. I bought it. I bought it. I bought what you said. I'm not questioning it. <laughs> you know, right. I was going to go with what you say. And, and <laughs> Yeah, he was good at that, and he would. But he would lay things like you know, in in the around the world day book, you know, he's, or not around the world day in the uh, Purple Rain tour book. It said the first line is "Open your heart, open your mind," because he already knew that months from now that he was going to come out with that, and that's yeah. that's so. pretty cool, you know, when you have somebody doing those things, you know. We so got, I love that. We have a caller yeah. on the line. Let's uh, let's see who's on the line here. Uh, welcome to Funked Up. Who's on the line? Hello, this is Grace Odovina from Prince Army, Los Angeles. Hey, Just oh, from, uh, hey, from Los Angeles. All yes. right. Yeah, this comment is to say hello. Um, we're at our, our Alfonso Stars uh, Purple Gathering at Memorial Day weekend. That yeah. was a blast. That was a blast. I know, wasn't it? I love the, anytime I get together, at first off, purple LA's got a real good purple scene right now, and and mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. And when I get to go to the thing where there's you know a, a DJ High Top was playing there, and and uh, mm-hmm. it was just a good room of people and good energy. Yeah, I love that. It was yeah, fun. most of the people in that room were from the LA Bump Squad and Prince Army Los Angeles. So right. that's and basically what we do is we we try to party as much as we can. <laughs> you also had people that came all the way down from San Francisco. You had the uh, San Francisco, uh, the, the, the the Purple Funk uh, mm-hmm. SF from up there. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was exactly. a good. That was a, have, a, that was fun. They, they're having a boat party in August up there. I know. Alfonso's throwing a Purple Cruise. I'll be there as well. I'm thinking about that. If I can get up there, I'd mm-hmm. like to do that. That sounds fun. Wait, yeah. Wait, those are those are purple cruise. Those are purple cruise. Tell me about this purple cruise. Yeah, it's just for an evening. It's just an evening. Oh, it's just an evening. It's not a full. Uh, it's August fourth on uh, San Francisco yeah. Bay. Now imagine, imagine a full, imagine a full cruise though that had that's what a I'm thinking. People, like like a Prince celebration. For like a week on the yes, best? wouldn't that be the best? The best, oh, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should to we get a find a way to do that. Year, so. Find yeah, a way to do that. That, yeah. that would be like like a big cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Yeah, I like that. But yeah, yeah I like the way you think. Having, yeah, definitely. We're having another party. I don't know if you were at the first Princeology party that we had in March, 
Um, but yeah. we're doing it again July 28th. So if you're in town, you're invited, both of you as well, Christopher. Well, I thank would you love so that. much. Yeah, I well, would, I'm on the opposite think, side of the country. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think, was it you, Grace, that was telling me about this, or somebody was telling me about this that was uh, talking about the uh, upcoming party? So I'm hoping you get there. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, I think I was told about the party, and too, did, and I would love to go. Love to go. Yeah, I think you guys yeah. did, a, did, did a bonfire recently. The, um, yeah, the, they just had a bonfire. Yeah, both of us had a bonfire. The Bomb yeah. Squad does theirs on his birthday weekend. So that was yeah. a huge success. It's just so much fun. Um, they did it last year, too. And then Prince Army Los Angeles, we do one in April during celebration for the people who didn't go to Minneapolis. Right. And that's always a lot of fun, too. Yeah. No, but, yeah, out here, we, we find every yeah. way to celebrate. Well, I'm hoping to do a book signing out here, and I'm not sure if I'm going to do one uh soon or if we're going to do one once the paperback comes out in the fall. Um, but I'm doing a book signing in Ventura coming up in July 13th. And I'm hoping to do one in Pasadena sometime at one of the bookstores. Oh. Um, so yeah, if I do that, right. I'll be letting everybody know about that one too. Um, For sure. uh, they're fun. And that, that's a great excuse to get together. You know, I did one <laughs> did a book signing up at, uh, with a purple SF, uh, purple, uh, uh, did a party up there with uh, again DJ Hightop was playing and and uh, mm-hmm. um, that was a good time. That was you know yeah. I, I, any chance. Here's the thing to me is right now with with um, we'll never hear Prince live again. So I enjoy going to these parties and hearing his music cranked up so that I can feel it in my chest and right. the, the bass and everybody's sweaty and everybody's hopping around having a good time and it's that's to me as close as we're going to get to Prince now that or going to see a band that yeah. he played with and so I'm all about this kind of stuff and any chance I get to go to these things I, I you know I, I the, the frustrating thing for me is I often want to talk to everybody I want to see everybody and say hi to everybody <laughs> and and I'm like yeah. hey how are you doing you know and by the end of the time I start to talk strong. over the music too yeah but and then you're thinking I don't want to miss the music but I don't want to miss my yeah. friends so it's a it, oh, yeah. yeah, and then you know we end up going out to dinner afterwards or something like that because yeah, I I'm from Minneapolis. I lived there 40 years and I moved um, to LA uh, four years ago. So um, coming from Minneapolis and then after he passed, it was like I had no one here. I didn't know any friends. So that's how Prince Army Los Angeles came about, and I've made so many new friends, and I just love everybody wow. here. We're having an awesome time. I love that. There's a, a, a group that's just started in Vegas as well. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Kind yeah of Tracy Escobar. Yeah, exactly. Tracy's great. And Tracy, I just mm-hmm. saw Tracy. Uh, we went to see uh, Sheila. Uh, Sheila play. Yeah. He played. And, man, I, by the way, if anybody hasn't seen Sheila on this tour, go see her. Because oh, this is a monster. It was it was. It blew my mind how good she was, and I, I always respected Sheila, but man, she was so and the and it's a a good chunk of it was a big Prince tribute and a very good one at that, and and the song she sang and the uh, motion and it was just it was a good time. So if you get the chance to see her when she's touring, go. She's trying to get a residency here in Vegas. I know that. Oh, that would be amazing. Wouldn't that be the best? That'd be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. You have yeah, a question? So we're, we're gonna, the... Go ahead. Do you have a question? Or just wanted to call and just say hey. 
Well, I just wanted to say hi, and um, to Christopher, I, I'm very technically challenged, so I have a hard time listening to music without CDs, so I love Funkatopia because I can just play the app while I'm at work or out and about, so so I get to hear music anywhere, so I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks for calling in, Grace. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, All right, good night, you guys. Hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll see you in some of the events. That sounds great. Thanks, oh, yeah, we'll do. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Prince Army Los Angeles in the house. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, they're it, great. But Prince Army Los Angeles and the Bump Squad are really cool. I mean, honestly, having two big groups here in Los Angeles is really exceptional. Having um, and, and the party I went to just recently with other people was just so fun because it, you walk in, and if you go to these things after a while, you, you know a bunch of people there. And you're, you walk in, and people are hugging you. And, again, it's like that bubble we were talking about with Minneapolis. Right. Oh, yeah. It was shocking to me. It was really shocking to me when I went to the celebration. Were you on the first track or the second one? I didn't go to the celebration. Oh, that's right. That's right. You did did say that. You did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so bizarre to me because I I stepped in and literally every day I took at least like anywhere between a half a dozen and a dozen selfies with people that were just, oh my gosh, you're Mr. Christopher from Funkatopia. And I was just, (laughs) this is like... I guess you know you sit. I'm like I'm sitting in my office right now, and it's it's quiet. I've got you know the microphone, but I'm here by myself, and I just I guess I don't really I can't really fully grasp the reach of what I do, and you probably don't with what you do. You you got a good sense of that when you went to the celebration, and people are like, oh my gosh, you're Dwayne Tudor. It's like it's people are just. People are starving to keep for just to keep that light alive, just to keep that candle burning. And the things that you do and the things that we're doing here at Funkatopia, that's exactly what we do. And I don't think it's you can really comprehend the 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 volume of it or the impact of it until you're until you're literally right there and and the people that you you've been communicating to blindly I'm not you know <laughs> there's nothing negative about that I, what I'm doing here I'm we're we're putting out this broadcast worldwide right now and I know that there's hundreds of people that are listening right now and but I I, I can't see them and we've got it we've got open phone lines <laughs> And, and people aren't calling just because they're intently listening. I'm seeing the emails and the Facebook activity, but nobody's calling in. So it's kind of like you feel like, right. how much of an impact am I having? You know, so and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it's just you're you're in the middle of this bubble, just like you said. Right. And all these people well, are I'm, just I'm, there, just loving on you and it's like I, I met like I said I'm, I met you with the the Perkins thing and, and, right. and yeah. I remember you sitting off to the side and I remember thinking you know I want to meet you but I was like really busy with and just, just hanging out with people um, and that was Rodney's event and Rodney did a great job with that oh, and I love Rodney he's amazing I, I think I think people probably the best um, and I think that people don't understand um and not just because I wrote a book because I that's even if I didn't write the book I'd have a great time Oh, yeah. Going to these things, and and you go to the different parties, and after a while you see the same people at the different parties, and you realize 
we're all doing this together. We're all following this together, and we're all kind of missing Prince, and we're all missing the stuff. And then, and then you know, you do see some of the band members, or you do see people that you recognize, and and uh, it's just the best time. I mean, I, I was staying at an Airbnb when we were up in, in uh, Minneapolis, me and my friend James, and the people that were staying at the Airbnb also with us, not with us, but just coincidentally were there were also Prince fans and we were we were in the city we were 30 minutes away from Chanhassen and people were staying at the Airbnb that that knew of Prince and were there to celebrate yep. it's a huge it's it's a huge draw yeah, and the parties afterwards and the and the breakfasts and and the all the events I mean I had we had to pace ourselves because there were so many things happening and we could not do everything especially because it was snowing but um, <laughs> it was really one of the best times and and so much fun. and also they had the symposium and that's the other thing that people understand is that this is going to stuff like the symposium and hearing the other people speak and, and hearing these uh people who do books and people that were in the bands and there was a uh, one of the best symposium uh, events was um um the prn alumni who i i love i love all the people involved in the prn so i always yeah, give exactly. a shout out to the prn alumni because jackie and and hucky and and Craig Rice and all the people involved that are so good. Robin and, and James and all these people are just so good people and I love being around them a good energy and and they did an event that had Maite and Kim Barry and uh, Scotty Baldwin and and, and um Oh gosh, I'm trying to think. Hucky, uh, who was one of Prince's engineer, uh, Prince's uh, bodyguards, and all these different people. And Craig Rice was was uh, moderating it. And Craig used to basically run Paisley Park. And Jackie uh, Thompson was was behind the scenes. And and man, I could just listen to these people talk all day. And there was yeah. another one that had um, uh, Matt Fink and uh, um, uh, Shelby. Uh, and people like that, and you're just sitting there, just soaking this up, and just every story is like, yep. just gravy on my on my food. I'm just going, yeah. yeah, yeah you have to go to the celebration. <laughs> you have to go to the celebration because to sit. And, I, I uh, want to. I want. Because I, I, want I mean, it was it was interesting because I never heard like all the story with Paul Peterson and everything that was involved with the family and why he left and everything, and he was sharing all those stories and was like, oh my gosh, I I just didn't I just didn't know, and the whole story behind yeah. you know the the punk of the month thing and all that. It was just amazing. We actually have another caller. Hold on just a second. Let uh, let's see who's welcome to Funked Up. Who's on the line? Hi, this is Cassandra Bradley. Hey, Cassandra. Hey, Cassandra. Hey, and uh, Dwayne, you and I met at Perkins. At Perkins. At Perkins. Yep. Yes. Chris, I met you two yep. weeks ago at the Funkatopia party, which was off the chain. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I-, I wanted to say, to just expound on what uh, you and Dwayne both were saying, when you go to celebration and you come back, you're you're in this euphoric high bubble, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've gone through a tumultuous year of school shootings, earthquakes, hurricanes, the Las mm-hmm. Vegas shooting, and you're you're inundated with that. Right. Then you get to a little town somewhere in Minnesota at a pancake house, <laughs> and you walk in. 
And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, when is Dwayne going to get here? I think I know what he looks like. And then he <laughs> walks in, and everybody just erupts like, before you sign my book, give me a hug. And this is someone you've never met before, but you're just grabbing on their neck like crazy. Um, so it's, it's the same way. It's like, Chris, I met you two weeks ago, and I'm like, i got to have a T-shirt. Now come over in the corner and talk to me and just give me everything you know about Prince. And he's like, i got to go to Charlotte next weekend. I don't have time to keep talking to you, lady. So, I mean, it's one of these, you know, it's one of these things where if you look at all the posts of the people that went um, last week uh, for the June celebration out in, in Henderson, they're coming back on, on cloud frickin' nine. They mm -hmm. can't come down. And I think it's because I'm, I'm, I'm 54, and, uh, you know, in that age range, I've now lost Prince and Michael Jackson. That was my entire childhood, right, 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 high school, right. all of it. So all I have now is to gravitate and do exactly what you said, Chris. I never got myself up to Paisley Park, and now I can't stay away. And my friends are just like, uh, you're going to move there? And I'm like, yeah. Um, so it's, it's one of those <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. We, we lost so much, but all we have now is each other. And to find out how much he gave charity and how many people he paid their hospital yeah. bills and just everything he did and how spiritual he was, right. it's like all of a sudden now it resonates. Right. And having the Michael Deans and having the Prince friend YouTube and just having all of you guys and being able to call in somewhere and be able to talk and have someone listen to you, it's like, oh, this feels good. <laughs> now, now we appreciate Prince even more. I appreciate right. your book. I appreciate, Chris, what you do. I listen to Funkatopia now 24-7. It's never right. off. <laughs> I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Alexandra, you were saying about the uh, the thing about being in Minneapolis. The other thing that I found, and this is totally, you're absolutely 100% right. The entire week I was there, and I was there for 10 days, I did not watch the news once. No. And right. I, I was, I was, I was in the bubble, which is not a realistic bubble. I admit that there's things happening in the world I should know about. But for that 10 days, it was a vacation with people that were like-minded, that were having my focus that liked the music I liked that I knew I had 75 to 80% in, in, uh, in common with. And the cool thing is it goes across race lines, religious lines, yeah. sex lines, gender lines, everything. It didn't matter at all. We are one big funk and, and just one big party and all just enjoying sweating with each other. And that was the most fun to me is finding so many people that I have so much in common because I'm not used to that. So that yeah. that part's fun. When and the other thing I found was fun to me as as the writer is some people would come back from uh, um, uh, uh, celebration and say, "Oh, Susan Rogers was speaking and she mentioned your book," and I'm like, "What?" You know that it's still weird to me to hear that that there's people out there that that because I it doesn't it's still not completely real that people are reading the book and that that's such a uh, uh, yeah, my daughter keeps joking nice. with me about this yeah so that's it's fun to finally meet the people that um, 
you know, that have enjoyed it and are touched by it. And that, that and to find out what you guys are looking for for the next book, you know, like this worked, you know, can you do more of this stuff or, you know, that kind of stuff. It's so much fun. And, and, uh, and knowing that, that people are so supportive is the other thing is, is, um, because there's a lot of books. Oh, yeah. From, I, you know. I bought two of your books and I had you sign both and I gave one to a Prince fan up in New York. And yeah. just last week he texted me and he said, you know, I know I thanked you, but I just want to thank you one more time because this is really, he's a DJ and he didn't have it. And I'm like, dude, you don't have no. this book. So now he has a signed copy, and he just he's on cloud nine. And That's fantastic. Another thing I'll say, being at Perkins, I'm sitting there next to a lady who I bought crystal ball off of just off of Facebook, and I had no idea what her name was she, or who she was. She was sitting at your table. Amico, probably Amico. Amico <laughs> North. Yeah, she said it, and I turned around. I was like, "You're the lady I bought." Crystal ball off of. We screamed so loud. I remember that. that. I remember that. We thought that Rodney was going to kick us out or call. <laughs> it. it was like we were just. But to to come in contact with someone who you bought something off of Facebook and all of a sudden they're sitting there. Yeah. How does that happen? And then it's Kim Perry is just like. I like your hairstyle. I'm like, really? Kim is so much fun. And, and I, I, I know her because we've done many, many events and just hung out. And I just, every time I get a chance to spend time with Kim, it's so much fun because she always has the best stories. And she's got the biggest, most infectious laugh out there. And, and yeah. knowing that you're going to be running to Kim Barry or running into all these different people at the different parties is, is, the, is so much fun. Uh, I was when I, I ran into Gail Chapman, who was his old keyboard. And I interviewed her years ago, and I never met her. And so I got to see her, and we were, like, giving each other a big hug. Everybody's hugging. The whole week, everybody's just hugging. Uh And, and, you know, that's the best. You know, that is so much fun when you have – people that, that come out of the woodwork and and are affected by each other and, and find a way to bond and the bond is for life, you know, and, and that's the thing that's fun to me is knowing that I have a connection with some of these people, whether or not I wrote a book or not, just hanging out with you guys and just dancing and, and, and whatever it is, is just reaffirming, reaffirming completely. Well, Arsenio also said of Prince, you have one of the most sophisticated fan groups Fam groups there is, and and that speaks volumes because we sit there and we listen to the poetry and the words that he wrote, and you come out of that and you go, I know exactly where his headspace was. I was there one day. I, I've been through that experience with my children, with my husband, with my ex-wife. You know, when he tells the whole story about, you know, writing If I Was Your Girlfriend after watching Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford in The Way We Were. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been through that. So yeah. I won't keep no, going I, on and on, but... Did, <laughs> no, no, that's great. That's great. No, I, I, I love that stuff. I'm, I'm did, glad did you I not, called about Did I not meet you at Perkins? Did we not meet at Perkins? You know what? I probably didn't know who you were, but you had to be there. Oh, no, I was there. He was there. He was sitting there near my table yeah. talking to me. Yeah. Right, yeah. And that, and there was this guy, I don't know if you guys know Bruce. Rodney would know him. He he drives up from Kansas City every year, and he has the yellow Carvette with the Prince level symbol on it. No, no, no. I'm thinking I know this guy. 
I walked over to the table, and he's like, yeah, I was here last year. I've been here for all the celebrations, even the old ones. I was just like, dude, can I touch you? You are just like royalty. <laughs> well, so, you know, uh, that's great. The, the smallest person can be royalty in, now, you know? Well, here's a right. little, here's a little note for happy. you, Cassandra, because I think you're, you're actually uh, – you're in Georgia, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so if you're in Georgia, just to give you a little, uh, and here's a little note for anybody else that's listening that might be in Georgia. Kim Berry is actually going to be here in September. Uh, she's actually, I, we're actually working on that um, with, I can't divulge the location, but we're actually working, Kim Berry is going to be coming in town in uh, Atlanta doing a big uh, hair show thing here, but it happens to be that it's the exact same date or the same period of time that the new Prince album is going to be coming out. So um, <clears throat> ought to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'll tell you offline about it. Not now, but <laughs> you just uh, just remind right, me r- remind me to give you the details, but uh, she's coming in September. So, All right. That's cool. Well, Very cool. That's great. Well, thank right. you. And you, you would ask me a question. You would ask me a question. You would ask me about uh, you want to get a signed book. Next week, uh, check back in with me. You're in the Facebook group. Um, I'll be uh, announcing how to get a signed copy of the um, of the paperback. So I'll be doing that. Right. So uh, and it'll be through my website, um, where you can do the like I did with the uh, hardback. I did orders and people would uh, write, you know, tell me what they want in the book. Um, but I'll be doing that and giving out a, um, a probably a bookmark with it and stuff like that, like I did before. So, yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love to have you involved in that. So thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Great, great. All right. Maybe All right. both. Great talking to you. All right. All right. Thank you, Sandra. Bye. Bye. All right. We, got a, we have another caller in here, too. Let's see who this is. Great. Welcome to Funked Up. Who's on the line? Hi, this is Barbara Sunblade. Hey, Barbara, how are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm calling from Colorado. I love Barbara Sunblade, by the way. I want to make sure people know I, I adore her. Oh, and the feeling She's is great. Beautiful. She's good. She got me involved in the uh, in the Colorado um, uh, Prince group. Yeah, She's Colorado Prince fans. Yes. And uh, you can join if you're a Colorado resident. It's very exclusive. <laughs> but, but we did let we did let Dwayne um, join because he has some, you know, some roots. I have in family. In, I have family in Colorado. Yeah. I do have family in Colorado, and 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 we're yeah. also toying with the idea of moving to Colorado. So, um, yay! Yeah. So if I do, you'll be you'll be one of the first to know. Obviously, my family would be uh, the first to know. But uh, but uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I, I, I don't have any. I don't have any roots. I don't have any roots in Colorado, but I did smoke a lot of weed in the 80s. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, I know, I know you with, you know, bragging rights, uh, you just don't get to use them. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I would love to go there. I've never been there. I have family that lives there. But. You have to, Chris, you have to recognize my name because every now and then when... You know, when I see that you're on live, I give you a little bit of a hard time. You don't remember? I'll have to. I'll have to call more often. Yeah, you do call more often. Anyway, <laughs> Barbara, I, I'm. I, I would love to. Uh, hopefully, in the near future, once I start, uh, when the paperback comes out in November, um, yeah. I would like to schedule a book signing uh, and have you guys involved. I've been asking. I know. I know, and I've been telling. Right? 
All yes, right. you've, you've been very, very, very much so. And and yes. Uh, so yes, I will. Let, I will be fulfilling that. I'll make sure I do that. Yeah. What I will probably do is I will do. I don't know how I'm going to do a few more book signings with the hardback uh, along the right. way, but because um, they're like I said, they're phasing out the hardback, so right. um, the paperback's going to be taking over. So the hardback's going to be uh, not out there anymore. Um, but no, uh, I will probably be doing. What's that? It's a collect. It's a collector's item now. It it probably will be, and that's the kind of fun thing, especially yeah. if it's signed. You know, I mean, I'll I'll sign a book. Mine no is what. Yeah. mine is signed. Mine is signed, and yeah. I have number. I think I have number twenty-four. That's pretty good. I had well. Yeah. For people, for people that don't understand, what I did with the hardback is I did a, a two hundred fifty signed and numbered copies, and uh, you would as soon as you got in, you would get a number, and I'd sign it. So the ones with the you know the top twenty five or so are a little more rare than the other ones. But I made sure that everybody that was uh, the two hundred fifty, and then it, it stopped. I didn't sign a yeah. number. I sign. I still sign books. I'll sign. Trust me, I'll sign any book you put in front of me, even if I didn't write it. I'll sign it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I may, and I, the other thing I do, I go to bookstores when I'm traveling. I'll drop into a mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble, and if I see my book there, and I'll tell them that's my book, um, and I say, can I sign them? And I, I generally will sign a book in the bookstore anytime I'm there. So look around in bookstores that, um, you know, sometimes you'll see a thing with an autograph sticker on it that says, um, Funny story about that is there's a buddy of mine out here in Los Angeles named Chambers, and he's a great guy, and he helped me with the first book, and he's also a huge Prince fan. And he wrote me this morning and just said, guess what I got for my birthday? Somebody gave me a signed copy of your book. All right. Now now I've got three copies of it. So apparently I've sold five books, but everybody gets three copies. (laughs) Well, you know what? Speaking of that, I – you know how much I love your book. I've, you know, I've been promoting it on our um, Colorado Prince fans Facebook page, um, and you know, I know folks that have bought it, and I have yet to write um, a review on Amazon, and I will do that. But I just want to tell the listeners that if you've if you've read the book, and and you know, there's just no way that you would not be in love with it you need to write a review because um oh absolutely and i'm sorry i haven't done so yet but it's very important um and uh because you know we need Dwayne to write his second book Yep. Thank you. But the, what they do when, when well, thank you. What they, what happens when you write a review, especially good reviews, on Amazon is they promote it. They will advertise the book. When other people are buying Prince books, they will have you know say you might want to also consider this book. That helps right. me. And, and again, the more it can sell, the more the publisher wants to do more books with me. And that's essential well, because if they're going to, and you know, I yeah. yeah. And so I'm I very happy. I to do that. Well, thank you. And and and, and yeah. so far, the people that are reviewed have been great. I'm 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 honored and humbled by some of the amazing things people have written. And uh, it's I I will tell you about every day or every other day I'll check it out just to see if there's new reviews. Just to kind of see what I better I better do it as soon. No, as no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but, but, 
But, I know. I'm thank you, but but it's it's fun to see what people say and and how um, how it's at times touched them and and how it's, it's made them. It's an amazing, you know, yeah. It's an amazing book. I couldn't I couldn't put it down. And thank you. Um, yeah. You must have strong arms because it's a heavy book. So. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm no. But um, and even my, um, I swear, I, at the end, I thought, oh my god, I, I've got to read this again, which I've already started to read it again because it's well, just, it's it's amazing. I mean, there's, I thought, well, gosh, I'm not really. Do I really care about what happened at these recording sessions? Oh yeah. Um, it it gives so much insight into just what a hard worker he was. But I mean, it's not just. Um, it's not just the recording sessions, you know, I, I, as you said earlier, it gives you such an insight as to what he was as, as a man, as a performer, um, you know, and, and the people that worked with him. It's, it's, it's a, you know, to me, it's, it's a, it's a piece of art really. And my husband, who I am slowly but surely making him into a Prince fan, um, (laughs) I know it's not easy. Well, it is easy. It is, but you know he's of a different generation. Okay. <laughs> and he, um, but you know what? He's really appreciating. Um, he said, "Oh, I had no idea that Prince was can be so um, demanding, if you will." And I said, "Well, you know that's that's kind of a genius for you." But I mean, you really captured uh, so much of who. A prince is as a person, an artist. So I'm looking forward to your second book. Thank you, Barbara. Then, and, I, like the, and what? I also wanted to say that the your idea of um, um, at Paisley Park having tours with, uh, you know, a head headphone. Oh yeah. Kind yeah. of thing where where people are um, people who interacted with them have you know, short little stories is, it's amazing. I mean, I love when I go to a, a museum and, and that is offered, right. you know, and you can take, you can take your time at each station, if you will, or, or area. And, um, you know, it, it just has so much more to offer on a, on a personal level. It's not just, um, not that tour guides aren't great, but I, I feel like it can be rushed and right. when you have something like a headphone or whatever you want to call it thing, you can take your time. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that's something Paisley Park would be interested well, in. And the, so. the variation that they could do is even if you did go into that with them, you could have the headphones on and be escorted in and escorted out with, with exactly. at the same time. You know, you're still with the pack, yeah. but you're listening to it on the headphones. You're getting a pure right. story then that's fact-checked and from the people right. that actually were there. To me, I would love to hear Tommy Barbarella talking about this stuff. Oh, my or, God, yes. you know, Or hear Eric Leeds talking about, no, this is when we did this. Or, or, and then, and then hear an engineer who's toward the end saying, toward the end, Prince was recording this, and here's 20 seconds of one of the last songs he was doing, which hasn't come out. Uh, to me, that would be the most amazing. They would, I would pay extra for that tour. I would too, and yeah. I would take, and, I would take many, many tours. 
exactly. Um, I, and imagine yeah. they could have a they could have like four or five different ones, and then switch it up. Like uh, say, well, yep. on this weekend we're doing a special thing where it's members of the time talking about this, and it's right. you know you go or, or Dwayne or Dwayne Tuda. I mean, you know, or Dwayne. Yeah, me. <laughs> I mean, Dwayne. Yeah, well, Dwayne. That would for be sure. a best seller. <laughs> but wouldn't, wouldn't that be the best though? Is is I, having I, or having? You say that I was it, just like, oh my god, this guy is genius. <laughs> Thank you. Unless you're yeah. talking about something else. Yeah, no, I'm 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 really upset. <laughs> I, I I I I hope they do some of these things. I mean, I I don't yeah. know whether they listen to these shows. I hope they do. I bet they do listen to these stuff. I I bet they're they curious have. about what well, goes especially on. especially Fakatopia. Yeah, well, you know, got a lot of people listening. Actually, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's funny. You look at you look at. I, I don't always understand how how wide reaching these are until you start to see some of these things on YouTube and things like that from different podcasts right. and this and and you see how many people are listening. You got thousands of people listening over time. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. it really is, and it's important. It's really important. I think that. Chris well, people just. You know, oh, he does. He, Chris, you're one of my favorites. You are such a great interviewer. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's like listening to family. No, seriously, it's like listening to family. You're, you're awesome. Well, I Barbara, you're fantastic. Um, thank you. Thank you for calling, Barbara. And 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 I'll oh, yeah. tell you, I'll let you know when when uh, when I'm going to be in Colorado, and and we'll set something up to do a book signing. That there. would be great. Probably down in Denver. Is that what you'd prefer, or where would you think would be a good one? Oh, you know, wherever we're. I mean, you know, we'll be there. The fans will be there. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be. In, I'll actually be. I'll be in Colorado in, in just uh, for a weekend in uh, July, but just just for a weekend. Just for a weekend. Okay. Well, let yeah. me know. All right. And I just sent you. And I just sent you. I sent you. I sent you a personal Facebook friend request, so you'll you'll see that in just a second. Oh, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> She's great. She's great. So, uh, there's so many of these people that are just, like I said, and, and, you know, you start to meet these people and, and they become family and they become, you know, good friends and, and, and that, you know, you connect with them and you, you care for these people. Uh, and that's, that's part of the fun. You well, know? we got, we got so. 10 minutes left. So, I think we probably should recap everything that um, – not everything we talked about. I don't remember that's that. Extensive. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> But I, well, I'll, I'll kind of recap for, for people as well, and then I'm going to let you uh, – I'll recap for you, and then what you can do is you can think of, uh, think of a couple songs that you want me to play. One of the songs I'm definitely going to play uh, when we get out of here is definitely going to be Girl and then followed by the reverse version of Girl, just the part that actually has the, the boy backmasking in it because uh, that's really cool. And then uh, so, so think about the songs that you want to you wanna do, and uh, I'll recap, which is some pretty big reveals here uh, from, from Dwayne and thank you again for joining us. And we did it again where we did the whole entire three hours. It's, it's so excessive, uh, which is awesome. It's, it's a good excessive. It's, I can talk. you start spinning me. I'll talk for three hours. I, I, I don't shut up. No. Yeah. So he's got a brand new, um, 
brand new album, a brand new album, brand new uh, yeah. version of the book that's coming out, a paperback version of the the Prince and the Purple Rain era studio sessions, nineteen eighty three and nineteen eighty four. That is an expanded edition. So not only are you getting a paperback version that's a little bit less expensive, and uh, I was a little bit jealous that Barbara was telling me that she had uh, number twenty four. I'm number the one I have is I'm like one oh nine. I think is what it was. Dude, you know, you snooze, you lose. I don't know what to tell you. I, know. I don't know. I, I must have been late Bob to the was, party. I, so I got one or not. One or not. At least I was, I was, you know, faster than 50% of them. So, um, <laughs> so there's that. Well, thanks for buying them. I'm glad you, I'm glad you were on the list. I'm glad you are on the list. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. people got to the end and were like, people like, hey, I didn't make the list. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I had a limited amount of, I had, so. Yeah, the last time know. we were talking, I said, I'm 109. And, he, and you were like pinpointed my city and state. And I was just like, really? You have that documented where it went? <laughs> oh, that's well, right. I do this. It's, Here's the thing, and I want to make sure people understand this. When I sell books that I'm, I'm signing, it's me signing it, me packing it up, and me mailing it. So sometimes I got I got to make sure people understand. This may take a week or two because I'm working, and right. I have to get I, I get sixty or seventy books in boxes that I that my wife and I address and pack and put all our little elements in it, you know, the the list of songs and the coupons and, and things like that in there. By the time I get all this stuff done and and I've even posted pictures on my Facebook group of, of me with these stacks of boxes that I have to then get a wheelbarrow or get a, a, a sled or something like that and take it to the post office and stand in line and, and anger everybody that is behind me because I'm there for an hour, you know, occupying one person. So I have to find a place and time that's not going to be that busy because I don't want to make people angry at me. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, I, but, so sometimes I take a week. It takes a week or two or three to get. But if we're doing it this summer, I will get the names and I'll be able to address the the boxes. My wife and I will do that and address the boxes and get everything going. So when I get the books, which I should be getting the books ahead of time, I can sign them. And if people want it personalized, I think there's going to be a way we can make it so people can get it personalized. Then I can get that to them and mail that out at the same time that Amazon and everybody else will be releasing it. So, And if you were paying attention last fall, Amazon had problems for the first month getting my book out. So this may be even a faster method of getting the book out than Amazon. I don't know. I can't say that for sure. But last fall, it was like the book came out November 15th, but it wasn't out on Amazon until early December. For some reason, they kept missing deadlines. And, and I don't know if, what the reason was, but there was, people were getting upset going, I haven't got my book. I haven't got my book. And so this is something that's pre-ordered here, and I can get that out to everybody a little earlier or at least the very same time, but personalized. And I think that would right. be the fun thing for me. That'd be awesome. Well, so you got a brand new version of it. It's going to be the expanded edition with a with even more interviews, more songs we've never heard of, or or and all that. So that's just fantastic. So you have that. Uh, plus, on top of that, um, plus on top of that, you've also announced uh, that you are you did start work on the second book, which will cover uh, 1985 and 1986, which is a huge, vast period of time. The, of just just the writing he was just in a frenzy he was just writing 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 and it was just so much stuff beyond you know everything that went down with with music from sign of the times and and around the world in a day and everything that was going on and just the the, the letting go of the revolution so there's 
a massive book that's going to be coming out, you know, who knows, maybe two or three years down the road, but it's fine. We've got another expanded edition of this that's going to be coming out. And I, I literally lose my place sometimes when I, because I have the physical book too. And sometimes even the Kindle book will, will forget where I left off and start me like 20 pages before where I began. And I'll start right. reading it. And it's like, uh, you know, I, 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 st- I read things that I missed when I read it the first time. So it's like, if you've already finished reading the book, just read it again because it's, it's phenomenal. And, uh, it's just, well, that's it's, what Barbara was just saying too. And it makes it, it's, it's fun for me that people can go back to the book because I think what, what I found and I didn't quite understand this beforehand is there's certain books you read that you're like, okay, that was a fun book. Now I'm done with that book. This is one of those books that you read is going to be a resource and, and reference book for years you are going to be going back to this book yep. for years, like kind of like the vault and, and going back in that book and, and saying, wait, where was this? And, and there'll be times that eventually songs will come out, rehearsals will come out that you go, I wonder if you wrote about that. And you look back and say, probably did. And I did. And you can then see how it fits in the context of what was there. That to me is a lot of fun is, is, is knowing that I've written something that probably would be used as a resource for other books. Absolutely. You know, the other thing people do, people use like Prince Vault right now. Uh, they go to Prince Vault and most authors use it. I'll tell you right now, most authors uh, use Prince Vault for their information and don't credit them. Those guys are amazing. There's certain people that, that run that. They do it for free. And these guys are amazing. Prince Museum is another thing that I tell people check out because these the things these guys do when it comes to um, getting information out there to everybody is amazing. Uh, Questlove is one of these guys that, that is is out there that does you know print shows and you just go and you just listen to him going, holy cow, the things he brings to this and the things that, you know, something like that. And I'm just, fortunate to have Questlove write the a forward for a book like this because I look at the cover of the book right now and I see Prince Questlove and me <laughs> on the cover of a book I mean, wait, one of these happen? kids is doing his own thing exactly exactly that's exactly what I was thinking it's like something's wrong here I'm on the cover of this book with these two guys and, well, and, and that to me is the biggest uh, reward is seeing that and and uh, I just did Questlove's radio show which is going to air soon and that kind of stuff it's just it, the, the things and the people that are involved and again and then the people that I meet at at Perkins or, or uh, all these different things and the people that run these Prince groups and things like that, that I've become so good of friends with. Uh, and I, I look forward to meeting and, and some of them, I just know like Barbara through, through Facebook, but I can't wait to give her a hug when I see her. And that, that kind of stuff. It's the best. I love that stuff. Well, Dwayne, thank you so much for hanging out with us. And, uh, you can stay on the phone after we get, after we get done here, because, uh, I want to chat with you about a couple other things, but, uh, thank you so much for the time. We will make sure that we get this post before the end of the day tomorrow and uh and wh- what song do you want to close out to uh just do a girl just do a girl that'd be fine if people want to also just make sure if people want to reach me they can find me at the, the facebook group which is prince uh the complete studio sessions book series uh i'm also on facebook Dwayne tudal d-u-a-n-e T-U-D-A-H-L. Uh, my website is also my name, DwayneTudal.com, or PrinceRecordingSessions.com. Uh, join the Facebook group. Join the um, – sign up for the uh, newsletter from me, and, and let me know. Let me know you heard this, and let me know you're excited about this stuff. And tell me what you'd like to see in future books, because I love that. I love to hear from people. So, yeah, please reach out to me. Thank Say you, hi. brother. I but appreciate play, it. Play me, play me out with girl. 
All right. Here it is, girl. And stay put. We'll be right back.